Welcome to the M3 Bare Essentials Podcast. My name is Malcolm Travers. Each Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern, I invite the editors and contributors of Mail Media Mind to introduce a topic of their choosing. Our conversations are on social issues, entertainment, mental health, sexuality, relationships, or whatever makes us mad or makes the news. Each of those discussions is about three hours, but in the Bare Essentials Podcast, I edited it down to about two hours. If you would like to view the full podcast recording, visit MailMediaMind.com and subscribe to our YouTube channel. From YouTube, you should receive notifications when we go live, and you can comment and leave questions in the chat while we record. Oh, and we are live. It is Sunday, September, not September, October 30th. Not September. I know, time flies. And... We are just a few days before the election. It is Sunday. It's 2 p.m. Eastern. So it's the M3 Sunday Hangout. I'm Malcolm Travers. Welcome to the show. Male Media Mind is a grassroots organization dedicated to uplifting and unifying the Black Bear community through dialogue, inside creativity, and knowledge. And every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern, I invite the editors and contributors of M3 to present a topic of their choosing. We also recap some of the events of the past week and just uh, give our unique perspectives on the world. Um, if you'd like to be a part of the conversation, leave us a comment or question in the YouTube chat. Periodically, it's kind of changed up a little bit, but also you can go to mailmediamind.com, uh, join our different communities, leave comments and questions there in the groups, and uh, we try to discuss them every Sunday. And of course, we also do the entertainment hangout on Fridays, 9 p.m. We missed this Sunday, Mark hosts it. But, we also do Walking Dead recaps and American Horror Story. So you can find that all on mailmediamind.com. Um, let the panel introduce itself, uh, Lonnie and Derek, if you would, just a short audio introduction. Hey, what's going on? This is Lonnie, AKA Jaybird, um, hanging out with the M3 crew this today. Yay! Okay. <laughs> Good to have you. Good afternoon, everyone. It's Derek Anthony or Derek Jones, depending on where you catch me. Um, happy Sunday and howdy. <laughs> I'm looking forward to getting into these uh, these fair topics and into Lonnie's business. <laughs> yes, and um, yeah, I had a couple of things, but first I just want to um, talk about what's trending right now on my Facebook timeline and uh, give everyone a chance just to talk about this past week of news, um, what's been going on with you and all that good stuff. So uh, I guess one of the things that um, that came up in my um, in my timeline had to do with the election and the WikiLeaks, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, the latest batch of WikiLeaks, this has been going pretty steady for the past month that these emails from um, Hillary Clinton's campaign manager have been leaked. Um, but then also, I guess the FBI is also investigating Anthony Weiner, and some of her emails showed up in his email box somehow. <laughs> so, you know, they sent a letter to Congress just saying, you know, notifying them that this investigation they thought was over is ongoing because there are more emails. <laughs> and yeah. Go ahead. no, I'm just saying, like, it's like, does anyone care? I guess maybe. Yes, um, Republicans. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it did lower her margins. Like, there are these things called betting markets, which I'm finding out about. Um, I mean, I knew about them. 
but I'm investigating them more through uh, the 528 blog or whichever one that is from the New York Times, um, where they talk about statistics and betting markets and so forth. Um, they have Hillary Clinton at her odds of winning the election somewhere around 86%. And I guess after this email, it went down to like 83%. (laughs) So so it gave, you know, she lost like three points in this betting market. Because basically the way the market is set up is kind of like, you know, political pundits, you know, uh, political science majors and all this sort of actually wager money. And they find that this is pretty, um, you know, pretty accurate at making predictions, you know, like, people actually having a stake in, you know, monetarily mm-hmm. um, with liberals and conservatives and you know, people amongst the spectrum of um, ideologies. So, you know, that one's pretty good. You know, they use what they have different political models. You know, um, they have track records. A lot of the polling sites, they don't necessarily look into the methodology of each individual poll, but their their performance over time and then they weight the ones that perform well greater than the ones that don't perform that well and that's how they anyway <laughs> all chances are that uh hillary is probably going to win but i think a lot of like the this sort of drip 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 from wikileaks is kind of saying like what sort of presidency will hillary clinton have you know, it's just going to be from the day one investigations from the FBI. And, you know, I think there have been talks, obviously. Well, in this one, they aren't actually investigating her. This no, current one no. that just They're came just, out a couple of days ago, they aren't actually investigating her. Right. They were just notifying them that there were emails that from this prior investigation into the investigation of Anthony yeah. Weiner. And they just didn't want there to be some idea that um, they were covering it up. I know one, one thing, we'll be getting a new, a new FBI director. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. It's like, yeah, that is a little weird. All right, so, uh, so are they saying that these emails are directly from this, the, the trial that she just had, or were they just simply saying is that, that they're just emails? Like, media always put like a spin on it. So are these really emails from the investigation that they couldn't find or or, or is it just emails, period? I think they were in, um, there were something like 30,000 emails they couldn't account for. Um, and so I believe these are some emails because, you know, Huma Abedin was like a one of her top aides and I guess just emailing each other, you know, showed some additional emails. None of this so far, they're saying there's, there doesn't seem to be any sort of classified information. But, it's just it's personal correspondence. But don't they have between each other because they work together? Like I'm I'm confused. Like this seems I like think the the of- idea was they needed to account for every email in order to eliminate the possibility that there were classified emails amongst them. And so there every- were. Sorry, go ahead. An enormous amount of of emails, considering that uh, you know she had a full staff at the State Department. You know, they all went through the server. I I don't remember exactly how many, but, you know, close to millions, you know. Um, And, yeah, a lot, a a decent portion of them, you know, less than 1%, because they were deleted and shredded, because 
she herself was like, these are private. And so far, you know, those emails that have been found seem, seem to confirm that. But I think this is just like the, the, the problem with Hillary Clinton. And I remember um, discussing this with people who really despise her is that she does have this like this tendency to secrecy that's unwarranted um, or maybe given her history, it is warranted. I don't know, but I'm, you know, but is it unwarranted when literally everything this woman does gets dragged out into the middle of the street and put under a microscope? So yeah. is I it mean, really it's, unwarranted? It's true, but I think, you know, you could compare her and Obama, um, you know, cause I think Obama faced the same sort of scrutiny and handled it much differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, yeah, she definitely had this history. I think the other thing was like, I think her emails have revealed this tendency toward, if not outright distrust of the public, a certain wariness of, of really revealing herself. Um, you know, her public policy, having a public stance versus a private stance, you know, it's particularly on free trade. You know, it's, I guess right now it's very fashionable to be against free trade, which, you know, to me, I didn't even really care one way or another. <laughs> you know, free trade agreements have been around for a minute, you know, going mm-hmm. back to the 70s and such. Um, you know, it should be noted that free trade agreements were originally a conservative idea um, going back to Nixon. But, you know, it was picked up by Clinton and, um, you know, there's this, I guess Obama has one, you know, that's coming, you know, the Trans-Pacific Partnership or whatever. I can't remember. But basically the idea is that you lower tariffs on both sides to increase competition from companies internationally, ultimately lowering the price of goods and services. Um, The only problem with that is with increased competition means people are going to lose their jobs um, probably disproportionately uh, from the United States because, you know, water flows downhill, you know, Mm. we have more to lose. So we're going to lose more. But at the end of the day, we actually gain more consumers. It was was one of the interesting things I was reading about was that, you know, Mexico is our second largest trading partner in the world. Like they buy more of our shit than most any other country. (laughs) So, and that had to do with, you know, opening up trade and the, you know, anyway, you know, it does go both ways. They buy our shit too. <laughs> um, but anyway, she has held a public stance saying that she's against free trade because of how it hurts middle-class families, you know, particularly in swing states. <laughs> but privately she said, you know, I, I welcome the day of open trade, you know, especially when it comes to energy. You know, she was talking, you know, some of these speeches that were released, so, and I don't see that any differently than, say, Obama's public and private stance on, say, gay marriage, for instance. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there was records going back to his days in the you know, state senate that he was for uh, gay marriage. You know, and then when he's running for president, he's like, "Oh no, you know, I'll let the states decide." <laughs> and he made this sort of thing. He never got his emails hacked. <laughs> That's another one thing Obama never had to face. Um, but also. You know, when he was confronted with changing his stance, he admitted it. Yeah. Whereas Hillary Clinton will just dance around it all the time. <laughs> like, so no, I never changed my stance. I never, you know, and I just did that. Okay. 
Hmm? Go ahead. Uh, I'm just saying, you know, Hillary Clinton has obvious problems. This was the thing, I, the analogy I was using from my friend who said he, he's going to vote for a third-party candidate. And I say it like this, you know, we're, Donald Trump is a disaster waiting to happen. You might not believe that, but if you just look at it strongly enough, like his personality, you know, his tendency toward argumentation, his willingness to even consider using nuclear weapons in conflicts, renegotiating trade agreements, you know, everything like most experts say are just, just bad, horribly bad, <laughs> you know, to use mm -hmm. this language. Um, it's like a disaster waiting to happen. And, you know, people are, let's say it's a flood and people are throwing out these life preservers in the form of Hillary Clinton. And it's like, well, you know, these life preservers are corrupt and made by slave labor. And like, yeah, but there's a disaster coming. <laughs> you gonna live. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of like you're going to live and we can talk about this after <laughs> the disaster, oncoming disaster is coming. And I hate to make it so stark, but it, it kind of is. Um, and unfortunately, I think after the disaster is over, people aren't going to talk about black jackets. It's <laughs> 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 like, that was good. That, but, um, and then I mean, on top of that, I feel like, you know, I guess Donald Trump's um, not going to go away. You know, don't, I don't see him going away. It's not mm. going to be over, unfortunately, but the problem okay, that is, depressing news. The problem <laughs> is, is it with him just going away. It's, you know, what do you do with all those people who, uh, who, who supported them? Yeah. And, you know, will there come a more skilled politician who espouses the same ideas. Because I think there is a real possibility, and I, I guess, um, you know, if any other Republican ran against Hillary Clinton, she'd be losing, you know. Pretty much or any of them. Would be a race. It would be a race, yeah. You know, he, he's doing pretty well in most, most swing states. I just, you know, he's just losing. <laughs> he's doing okay. He's not tanking in every swing state you know he's down three to six points you know, yeah which is still pretty bad before an election you need to be within three point you need to be within the margin of error you typically get, people will point to brexit you know the vote to leave the you know they had that polling at um three percent but that was still within the margin of error it was just like at the very edge of the margin of error yeah that you know brexit ended up passing um and, and so that was true like if you just take the worst um margin of error on all these polls donald trump can win you know and state and still the polls be accurate so that's why he's at you know 13 to 16 percent chance of winning he can win um even with the polling the way it is, if nothing changes. Yeah, the bottom is I say repeatedly to people who tell me that she's going to win. I've said it here. The bottom line is she doesn't win until November 9th. Right. Yeah. Until then, sure. you're holding your breath. Yeah. The next president. I, yeah. I, I mean, I know. Because I went to bed on, what was that, 2012? Um, no, 2008. I went to bed yeah. and uh, Al Gore was my president and I woke up and George 
Bush was my president. <laughs> oh. Yeah, and that was my first. That was my first time voting in two thousand. Was like, be your president. Yeah, no, said? they they had Al Gore winning. Or yeah, I went to bed at like eleven thirty that night, and Al Gore. You know, they had called it for Al Gore. Al Gore had won, and then serious? I woke. Yes, and then I woke up the next morning, and and George W. Bush was our president. And this is when he announced that there was weapons of mass destruction and blah, blah, blah. And the whole country is up in arms with the whole thing about that, you know, we, we thought that we was going to go to war with, um, what is that, uh, Iraq or whatever place that was at mm-hmm. the time? Yeah. And, and you thought Al Gore was going to win? Yeah, I mean, it was... I didn't think Al Gore was going to win. Again, they had announced it. Yeah, in two thousand, it was projected that he would win. Yeah, and again, I went because I normally stay up for the results. Yeah, eleven thirty yeah. that night, they were projecting it for Al Gore. That's when the whole dangling Chad things happened in Florida. Yeah, you don't know about yeah. the dangling Chads. <laughs> yeah, there was a uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm, it could be that close again. Who knows? Uh, God, I hate that idea, but um, and you know, like I, I've been reading these um, transcripts of these interviews that um, Donald Trump is, was giving for an autobiography. They were published in the New York Times, and um, you know, this was before he decided to run for president. I think this was back in like 2014, maybe like right on the cusp of him deciding to run, and. Um, you know, they were actually just interviewing him about his family, um, you know, like his history, sort of bi- biographical information. But I think what you got from um, listening to what he, the way he describes himself is he's the type of person who doesn't like to lose, you know, <laughs> like he's just a really sore loser. So um, I think that was the whole point of some of this, you know, he, his father was very, um, you know, just competitive install instill this sort of competitive nature within himself. You know, the whole reason he ran for pre- for the presidency is because he, he saw it as the ultimate executive office. You know, he wanted to be the, you know, the biggest, you know, yep. and the best. So, yeah, I don't think he really even cares about politics that much. <laughs> just does Clearly not. You know, he, what was that? Who is Donald Trump's father? I, um, I really... Yeah, I, I didn't know him either. His name is Fred. Fred Trump, the real estate developer in New York, had really yeah owned yeah. like about thirty thousand properties in New York at the time that his son inherited it. So I mean, he inherited this multi-million-dollar business, you know, in the seventies, and. Um, of course, Trump's, you know, Donald Trump's big thing is that he is a self-made man because his father gave him, what was it, a million dollars to get started? <laughs> In 30,000 properties. Yeah. Um, just, <laughs> you know, all of that, you know, a million dollars cash in 30,000 property, like, a, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah worth so he started, more than so he started from nothing and worked his way up. <laughs> Right. But he did have this sort of competitive thing between him and his brother they sort of um, alluded to. Um, his older brother was actually supposed to inherit the business and didn't really want it. 
And there was this point at which his brother wanted to be a uh, pilot, an airline pilot. And he did. He ended up becoming a pilot. And, um, you know, he would joke that, you know, my brother drives a, a bus, a bus in the air. <laughs> but he's, he said, like, you know, I'm a, a tycoon. My brother's a bus driver. Like he was he was just like, what the fuck? I don't know, something about that. He is an asshole. <laughs> just like, you know, still, still very much an asshole. But um, but yeah. For whatever reason, I guess the way politics is, the way pe people hate politics, um, it's like they feel like Washington deserves an asshole. Like they, like they want to take a wrecking ball to Washington. Yeah, there's a lot of people. Yeah, there are a lot of people who feel that way because they're not necessarily again, they're not necessarily wrong. You had a, 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 a Senate that for eight years just said, "Well, you know, we don't like him." We don't like the guy that's the president, so we just not gonna do shit. Yeah, you know, people out here struggling and shit. You at this point, you're no longer representing us. You're no longer working for the people. This shit is personal. Yeah, and I didn't send you to D.C. to get your personal grudges, to get your personal nut off. Yeah, you know, I sent you to do a job to make life better for everybody, or just yeah. make life better for me. But you aren't doing either. Right. You know, yeah. so so the whole thing about Trump not being a typical politician and everything, I get that. I understand how that tapped into what people were feeling. I yeah. get that. My problem, asshole aside, because you know what? You can be an asshole if you're a smart asshole, if you got a plan. I've not heard one single plan. Yeah. Every time a question is asked, the response is always what everybody else in the room hasn't done. But I'm going to be awesome at it. Yeah, that's not really a plan. Because again, right. I need my health care. So you want to go in and the first thing you want to do is get rid of Obamacare and you're going to replace it with something, but you don't know what yet. Well, I got too many various uh, sundry diseases and shit going on right now for to be waiting for you to decide what the fuck you're going to do. I need yeah. healthcare now, not when you figure it out. Okay, yeah. so and this so thing. Correctly, go ahead. Go ahead. You, Donald go ahead. Trump. So, so Donald Trump says that he's going to keep universal healthcare. He did you not. Vote. Oh, I'm sorry. No, you were I'm asking the question. Said, if he said he was going to keep universal healthcare, you might vote for him. Is that what I'm hearing? No, because we don't have universal healthcare now. So what but, is Obamacare? If, if, if I remember correctly, Obamacare ain't nothing but universal health care. If I remember correctly. No, because you, you used to, no, because with so Canada has universal health care. Okay. If you're a Canadian citizen, then you have free health care. Okay. And so we don't have is, that. We don't have that here in this country. So what is the you, right name for, for Obamacare? Because the Obamacare really isn't the correct name. So what is the correct name? Do you know? Um. The health care, right? They call it the Affordable Care Act, and what it yeah. is okay. is publicly subsidized. Is what it is. They created uh, these markets. You know, the government doesn't administrate it; it's private companies. But subsidizes large portions of it. So, yeah, that's basically what it is. Right. It's an option. You, so, most people still just get their insurance through their job. But I have a part two. All right, what I've I've always listened to what politicians say they're going to do, and, and everybody always run a good game, 
So it seems as though that we vote for people based on what they say they're going to do for the country. And, mm-hmm. and if it's going to generate jobs, then we vote for them. If it's not going to generate that many jobs, then maybe we might look at something different from that politician. Like, we may look at their history or whatever uh, from a politician. But for Hillary Clinton, yeah. I, you know, number one, I don't think that people should be forced to vote if they don't want to vote. However, if you want to vote in this election, by all means, do what you need to do, vote. Um, however, looking at his, Hillary's uh, Hillary's um, history with dealing with the black community, it's to me in a negative. Um, with Donald Trump, I yeah. don't really think that he really has the I don't think he really has the ability to really run the country. I think what he's going to do is put people in power that will make executive decisions or whatever. But if we really are saying that Donald Trump doesn't have a plan, he's not showing us a plan or whatever. He's just saying that um, that I'm going to do a better job than this politician or this person or this person. And he is not presenting presenting a plan. To me, that doesn't mean that he's not a good candidate. I think people just blow smoke up black people's asses and hope that they get our votes. And that's it, because shit has not really changed in the black community. And I remember Derek said something. Um, he was like saying, well, Obama said for us to be in his face, to do to, to, to be in his face, to make change happen. But if you are a black man or biracial, or whatever the case may be, you already know what the struggle and the strikes are against black people. And, and you mean to tell me that you are a black man and you cannot do more than what you've already done for the black community unless we're on top of your ass? What would you like my response to that question is always what would just name name two things that you would like done. Because I because again, as he said repeatedly, he wasn't running to be president of black America. He was running to be president of America. And the things okay. that he has done has benefited Americans, including the okay. ones that look like you and me. Okay, if you say so. Um, but at the same time, people always push us to vote in these elections, but they never push people to vote in the local elections. So I, I do. I say that all the time. I, um, honestly, I, whenever we have other elections, I really don't see us doing podcasts for those other elections in local areas or whatever. However, for the, well, this is my first time being part of the M3 and we're doing like this type of thing for a president or whatever. So I don't know what you guys did prior to me coming on, but whenever I look at YouTube videos of other bloggers or whatever, people don't really say too much until it comes down to the president. I think that's a good point. The, one of the reasons why um, that is is that you know lower, let's just say, state level and local level elections are divided. Like everyone's voting for someone else. So one of the ways that a national party, Democrats and Republicans, are currently shaped could do that is to have politicians run on a unifying platform. So you could say like this is the caucus or whatever and i'm running as a republican the liberty caucus here are our platforms and you have one person out there even on off election years talking about what your platform is so that people in multiple states and localities can unify under that platform um that's something that the presidency offers on the lower state ballots of your elections i would love to see that in fact 
you know, it, one positive thing that you could say that you could learn from Republicans is that they, they did that. Um, I forgot what they called it back then with Newt Gingrich, but they did that in, in one of the um, off-year elections. Uh, was that 96? 90, I can't remember, 96 or 98. Actually, it wasn't an off-year election. But whatever. <laughs> the point was is that they actually had a unifying thing. I think they called it with the contract with America. That's what they called it. And um, yeah, and it it did. It, it um, they had a landslide in the Congress in uh, both houses, and started trying to do some shit. Now, mind you, they didn't do half the shit they had on this contract. <laughs> they couldn't. I mean, it just wasn't going to happen. But um, yeah, I mean, that's some one idea that I've heard proposed that I I could get along with. Um, having you know, these caucuses and platforms on the ballots when you go to elect somebody, not just having the party that they're affiliated with, but whatever other sub-platform that they're also. Um, so that, you know, people from multiple localities and multiple states can get behind a single platform. That would be a unifying thing. Um, but honestly, here's another thing. Um, the presidency just doesn't have the sort of power that um, individually that they, you know, especially on passing legislation, you know, the healthcare plan was passed by Congress. <laughs> it has to be passed by Congress. It was proposed by the president, you know, at least colloquially. He didn't pass it. That was Congress. And, you know, most everything else or will have, you know, having to back it. Honestly, what's interesting is I remember Rachel Maddow, she actually wrote this book called Drift, um, which I never really finished, but I, because I didn't find it that interesting. <laughs> Honestly, it was about thinning of the presidency's power. And the, it, she called it Drift because it was just something that happened over time. And especially um, a lot of these uh, changes go back to Nixon in the 70s that, um, you know, the presidential power shifted greatly, especially when it came to declaring military conflicts. Um, it used to be that you actually had to get approval from Congress to go into war. And now you just, now you just kind of let them know like, Hey, Congress, I'm going to go buy this place. We're heading into war. Yeah. You used to have to do that. Um, at this point, one of the points she was making, and which I never really got to understanding, is that now even Congress can't pass, you know, budgets without the president behind it. You know, it, it actually does take a national party, you know, um, outside of Congress, not not within the Congress itself, to push legislation forward. And so I think that's kind of what like you have to you have to be in his face to do it. There has to be the political, the ground up to get anything passed because it's Congress that does it. And so if, you know, if congressional leaders don't feel it's in their advantage to do it because their constituents don't care, then they're not going to do it. They're not going to risk their political careers if they don't feel like they're being backed up by their own people. And I think that's basically what I was making. And I think is just true generally. Um, so that means for anybody. Oh, more than just for the next fucking president or whatever. We need to get out and fucking vote. 
all year round because to me i'm getting tired of people just saying oh i went out and voted or whatever but i never see people post these things when it's for the local elections i live here in, in, in georgia i rarely see people talk about that they went out and voted for the next district the, uh, attorney or whatever the election may be but yeah. however every every time around this every four years everybody mm-hmm. want to go on their fucking facebook and show photos of me voting for the next president Okay, fine, that's cool. But everybody says that the president can't really make any fucking changes. It's not on your local level. So why the fuck are we posting photos about us going out to vote at our fucking local elections? Yeah, this is not. I don't sexy, have man. an. I don't have an answer for that, Lottie. You have to so, ask. So, so to me, it's like okay, exercise your right to vote. So many people died and never. You know what? I'm so passionate about this right now, and I think I'm going to go off into a fucking tangent. But I'm just so over everybody. <laughs> For the exercise of the right to vote every every four years. Bitch, get your ass out and vote. Every no, you should exercise your right to vote every time something comes up to vote. Not only that, I was getting to a discussion with someone about how voting doesn't do anything for them. Like, I said, my vote doesn't matter. You know, they, they had this feeling like, you know, whatever I say, I, live, I don't even live in a swing state. So, which is true, Georgia is going for Trump, probably. Although, by a smaller margin, anyway. So there's a saying, when I vote for president, it's going to go, you know, all my, you know, caucus or whatever they call it, the, uh, the, um, you know, the, the delegates are going to go for Trump. But this is what I was saying. I don't necessarily want to see, I want to see an attitude change about voting away from what it can do for me versus what I can do for my country type deal, you know? for my city for my neighborhood yeah but that's what the a citizen like being proud of it being saying like you know i am an active citizen of my community and this is literally the least i can do <laughs> to contribute to it there are other things you could do other than vote but this is the least at the very least you know but no, no, people don't see it that way. They see it as like, what's in it for me? You know, what am I going to, what choices am I being offered? You know, which is, you know, it'd be interesting if that conversation were turned around as looking toward like, you know, I'm an active participant in this system. I don't like it. I'm, I'm trying to change it, I'm trying to influence it. But I don't know. Maybe that's just how I look at it. Um, yeah, because I yeah, if I had to think about what my individual vote gets me, like it doesn't get me shit. Like obviously, <laughs> like, and that's just a pessimistic, obviously true statement. I don't know. It's like no, your individual vote doesn't do shit. But that's not the way I look at it. So I don't um, I don't know. I'm going to move away from this. <laughs> the election wasn't the only thing that happened this week. But I um, need to go back real quick. But yeah, go to ahead. answer your question, Lonnie, no, if he offered universal health care, that would, I mean, it would have to be more than universal health care. Because again, others have offered universal health care. That doesn't mean that we're going to get it. But no, that's not, that, that wouldn't necessarily make me vote for him either. I don't think that as an individual, he has the intelligence or the temperament to do the job. I just don't. I mean, I'm not being, I'm not being funny. This man sits at, I mean, at three o'clock, look, I can't vote for anybody to be president who drunk girl mean tweets at three o'clock in the morning. 
<laughs> you got to have a little more self-control than that. That's just the bottom line. Right. You up at 3 o'clock in yeah. the morning, mean girl tweeting. I'm sorry, I can't. Mm. His account was hacked by the Russians. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I guess what other thing that's going on this weekend is um, it's Halloween. Uh, straight pride, like it is. <laughs> when, uh, that's funny. It is. It's like when straight people get to act a straight fool, you know, like <laughs> and have their parties. Of course, gay people participate as well, but, you know. Um, I like to see people dress up. It's kind of fun. Um, I don't know. Like one of the things that comes from Halloween is people trying to purposefully be um, mean or I don't know what. How do I say? They're trying to be controversial, start some conversation by being something. So I, I did see the one, you know, the Halloween costume of somebody who had like. Um, you know, a Trump victim, you know, like little tiny hands on her tits, you know, <laughs> it's like, you know, <laughs> it's like a Trump, Trump groped. I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think what else uh, came out of this hell. Did anybody have that? some hands on their JJ? I'm sure somebody <laughs> has uh, dressed like that. Yeah. You know, I saw a picture today was uh, some dude went out dressed as a slave. I think oh, I've, wow. I've told you. I, I think I've told you all my um, um, Confederate soldier story, haven't I? Mm-mm, I don't remember that one. Um, I was in Wisconsin one year for Halloween, and there was this black guy who was in this uh, in in this restaurant with his. He had, it was another black guy with him, and like three or four white friends. I forget mm. what part of Wisconsin I was in, but it was a like a college town. Lord, no. And so this black guy's <laughs> running around in this Confederate flag, this Confederate soldier uniform, okay. um, carrying this Confederate flag, being cute and everything, and really upsetting a lot of black people. And yeah. there was an older man in there who pulled him, you know aside and tried to explain to him how he was shitting on his ancestors, basically. And, you know, the, the kid was respectful, but it, it wasn't going to change his mind because this was funny to him. Um, the night didn't end so well. There was a couple of Latinos in there who took serious offense to uh, his, his outfit. And basically whooped his ass outside of the restaurant <laughs> for it. Um, the black guy that was with him who was dressed as a barbarian, they didn't whoop his ass. They just held him back so that he couldn't help. And ironically enough, the four white people that were with him that were enjoying the attention were nowhere to be found when this was happening. Yeah. Yeah, that was something so, I, I got from some people who took Halloween as a, a moment to be they're trying to be they're trying to be ironic I think um, you know like they'll go out in blackface or some bullshit yeah. like that or yeah and they think it's funny or ironic or something like that where they're I guess pretending to embrace something that they don't 
clearly embraced, but whatever. It's dumb. You're gonna get you're gonna get clowned. So I have a question. Yes. Yeah. Who's a buff in this group right now? Hmm. The reason why I'm asking that question is is did we not have any black people that fought for the for the Confederate? I'm and sure we did. Was yeah, there I would think so. black people that that maybe agree with the Confederate, mm-hmm. and maybe that was his ancestors who agreed with the, uh, agree with them, and maybe he is living up to his ancestors. Uh, 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 you know what? I'm just trying to find a a a, a, a motherfucker. <laughs> you trying to find a reason why? <laughs> exactly. And yeah, yeah. I understand. Yeah. You know what, Lottie? I understand. I, I understand what's happening in your cranium right now. Um, I don't think that was any of that. I <laughs> thought that he just thought he was being cute. Right. I think he just did not realize the impact of... Well, yeah, because I mean, I'm sure when he left the house that day, he did not expect to get his ass whooped by the two fine Latino boys outside of the... Uh, Restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. I yeah, but no, Halloween is cool. I um, I think we talked about it last week that they said you know, um, princess thing fat uh, used to be the the top outfit for young girls. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But I guess this moved to superhero costumes. I guess particularly Harlequin. From Suicide the Squad. Suicide Squad. Yeah, and I guess she's also getting like her own standalone movie, right? That's uh, the story that they're telling. Like. Yeah, we don't know. That's, that's a good point. Um, but yeah, so I guess there was that. Um, I forget the other. I guess I'll move on. I want to do the one that we, we kind of talked a bit before we went live. Uh, Wilson Sam posted this thing in the entertainment group. Um, and it had to do with Friday. I guess the picture says Friday Estimates. And it shows the top three movies this past weekend. Number one was Boo, <laughs> Medea Halloween, <laughs> Jack Reacher 2, and Ouija 2. Um, all of which, some more than, you know, they were like middling. I guess Boo made around 10 million, um, Jack Reacher around nine, and Ouija around six. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, I was just waiting for the comparisons between Boo and um, Birth of a Nation. Which happened. It did, almost instantaneously. (laughs) Uh, I was just like, countdown began. Um, But the one, I think, I didn't see it myself, but Chris, I think, brought it up in one of the Hangouts, said that they were, there was a mean comparing the emasculating of black men versus this very masculine rebellion and saying like all of us are i don't know what the argument they're making but they're just like we're buying into the white man's de masculinization of men in medea yeah <laughs> and you know it is true birth of a nation very masculine movie it should be noted you know there's a lot of big burly men fighting for their rights of freedom and they were kind of fine too i guess it, <laughs> There was some fine dudes in there, but anyway. Uh, so that comparing that with a dude wearing a dress, pretending to be someone's grandma, whatever. I don't know. But 
Honestly, um, speaking, I think this goes all the way back to everything I've been seeing on YouTube so far um, regarding how black men think that they have to be overly masculine. They don't want to embrace the feminine, the femininity within them. And to me, Birth of a Nation served a purpose. Um, um, however, my dear movie serves a purpose as well. People sometimes just want to fucking laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, we have all this depressing shit that's going on with us right now. Black men and Tulsa being killed for his car breaking down. You have a black man that's trying to say some artistic Latino kid and he ends up getting shot with. He's laying on the fucking ground with his hands extended and saying, please don't shoot me. And he ends up getting killed. And I think the birth of a nation it serves a great purpose. It really, truly does. But at the same time, Tyler Perry serves a purpose by providing us a laughing outlet so that we can laugh about some of the shit that's going on instead of always being on a height, a heightened status. Because you never know when you're going to die with going to the grocery store to get some fucking milk. Yeah. And I, and I don't begrudge the movie itself because um, a lot of people who can then take those skills and put it towards something. I'm saying, sorry. <laughs> oh, you talk about uh, Tyler Perry? Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to learn somewhere. They, they are making a living. So. No, that's that. They are making somewhat of a living. You know, yeah. when he, his writers tried to unionize, um, when his black writers tried to unionize, he wound up firing all of them. So his hands aren't completely clean. Well, I thought right. because of a sexual, uh, because they knew too much of something about his lifestyle or something. Oh, God. That that I that's a good... here in Atlanta. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's entirely possible. I don't know. I, I, I you know, as far as I'm concerned, Tyler Perry is asexual because I've never seen him on the arm of a man or a woman. And I don't particularly care. Um, yeah. But I will say this, and I've said this before, it's another slave narrative. Yeah. People are kind of over that. Okay, well, people people are over people wearing a dress and a wig. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Back up. Because I'm kind of over that, too. No, no, no. Because I'm kind of over that, too, but that's me personally. But I know many people, you just can't keep doing... This year, for me, this year on the screen, on the big screen and the small screen, this year I don't mind Boo of Medea Halloween coming out because we have so much representation happening right now that it's all I've wanted is to be fully represented, a whole rainbow of representation. Not everything just being chitlin circuits. Right. And I, think, um, I guess the people are just saying, you know, doing the comparison, saying like... Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. But <laughs> before that, before this year, we had chitlin circuit, and I've given the list before. We had chitlin circuit, we had slave narrative. If you only gonna be able to put us in large groups on the screen in chains, after a while, people just gonna get tired of that shit. Add to that the fact, Birth of a Nation was not shown in as many theaters as Boo was. 
that's something else you have to take into consideration. So yeah, it was not going to make the same amount of money. Add to that the fact that one is a period piece and one is a comedy, which goes to your point. Comedies always do much better than period pieces. Yeah, yeah. That was the thing I was getting at was, um, yeah, the comedies do better. They're a different genre. But then I guess, you know, the, the upset um, nature of some of it had to do with the fact that some of these good movies critically acclaimed, you know, you could put Birth of a Nation in that. I think they sort of threw Moonlight in there, even though it's not seen nationwide release yet. Um, they were there was an article talking about the difficulty of marketing an LGBT film to a black audience, which was legit. I guess um, it they, is. It's a legit problem. That's another thing we talk about as well. The black community and the, LG, the black LGBT yeah, no, no doubt. I think that was from like NBC News. They were just talking about how, you know, they tried to leave sexuality out of the marketing for the movie to try to improve its um, and sort of hint at it without, you know, because it, it deals with a lot more than just sexuality. Um, and so you could legitimately say like this is also dealing with, um, with just, uh, you know, a lot of things. I'm really looking forward to seeing it. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> have an intelligent discussion about it because it seems like an intelligent movie yeah. and i think a yeah. lot of people you know i think you could legitimately be mad when there when there isn't balance like you were saying i think the balance is coming i think that's the reason why if you didn't feel comfortable about seeing birth of a nation because of nate parker's rape allegations you could pass on it and still feel like you support black movies in general because there are other options you can go see um yeah, I forget the other two movies they were mentioning. I think the other one had to do, I think, the Obama movie. And I think there was, like, another movie about a, like, something like Queen something. I can't remember. Was, I don't know that one. Yeah, it was it was an independent film. I think it was, like, a, a black girl in Africa coming to America or something like that. The chess player movie? Yeah, yeah, that one. Okay. I don't know yeah. the name of it. Yeah, me either. It... it yeah, it, it was supposedly very well received critically. You know, it was a decent flop. <laughs> Just, you could say it didn't make a lot of money. It wasn't expecting to make a lot of money either. But yeah. I think that was a Disney movie, too, on top of that. I think it was a. Um, Disney has been making some, you know, uh, some inroads there. But anyway. I want to go, I want to talk a bit about Lonnie's point about the LGBT community and the black community and the black LGBT community. Okay, go ahead. What? No, because I'm saying the black LGBT. I, I think I'm, I might be wrong with this, and I'm going to be the first to admit it. Um, I have some white friends. <laughs> I just want to say that. But, uh, but yeah, like, yeah, but keep going. I no, we'll, throw that out. Okay. Um, I was this week I was included in a picture on Facebook with a question. And the picture was of a black male minister and his husband. And the question was, would you go to his church? Would you go to his church? Would you attend his service? And I forget how I was because it was through one of my cousins. So this was a large group of straight people answering this. 
And, you know, the responses, they, they make my stomach hurt. They, they upset me sometimes. Um, it's, it's interesting to listen to our own people um, in their isms. And on top of that, the reasoning that they put behind those isms. You know, the problem with gays is you're not procreating. And that's <gasps> what the Bible says you're supposed to do. You're supposed to procreate. And you're not procreating. So you're not living up to God's word. And my, when my response is always, well, what about people that are incapable of having children? Should they just should they just go jump off a fucking cliff? Yeah, you know, is that not God's will when something has happened and you aren't able to bring forth life? You know, then you know it becomes yeah. very confusing. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I think um, people try to draw from the procreation argument is because you could never have children, then you weren't then it's unnatural, I guess. And saying that even though you can't currently have children, you're saying that the possibility exists, therefore it's sanctioned by God. But I know many gay men who have adopted children that were unwanted. Exactly. You know, who have, yeah. who have made a great change in those children's lives that they oh, would yeah. not have had growing up in the system. Right. Exactly. Well, it's definitely a flawed... <laughs> A flawed form of reasoning, but it, it makes sense internally <laughs> if that's how you see the world that, that everything has a purpose. Yes, and then it's designed by a creator, you know. And then there's the whole thing about, you know, gay being a invention of the white man to control and end the population of black people, which I always find hilarious because, you know, yeah. you find homosexuality in all forms of nature. Right. Yeah, but they, but 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 to add on to what well my thoughts about the LGBT, the Black LGBT, um, as well as the Black community, um, I'm sorry if I get get a little bit off subject. Can you guys hear me clearly? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. All right. Um, we'll just say for me for being a Black gay man, and. Here it is. I started off as maybe a twinkle in my dad's eye. At a time that people said, my, my dad and his generation was like, I got to make this world better for my children and their children, children's and blah, 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 blah. And so here it is, I come about. And my dad is fighting for my civil rights, for, for me to grow up in an environment where I can be educated, for an environment where I can be prosperous. And just because I turned out to be a black gay man, when did when did the struggle stop for me the struggle did not stop for me just because they wanted to say that white people are attached themselves to the civil rights movement that's okay that's that, that that may be a whole nother story but if i remember correctly i am still a black man and i am still in the fucking struggle with you because when i get stopped by the police when i go on a fucking job interview they don't see a gay black man what they see is a black man at the time now, if I go in and switch my hair and with uh, with brown or uh, pink contacts or whatever, they may see a, a a gay man, a black gay man. But normally, what they see is a black male. That's mm -hmm. what they see. 
look at me. So when the fuck did the civil rights not apply to me? Just because I'm gay does not mean that I that that people didn't die for me. They died for me. They died for everybody who's fucking black. And 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 we also yeah. white people that was well, on the front lines with us. So, but what I see a lot of times is that they see a lot of white people. Um, saying that they're fighting for their civil rights, for the uh, uh, their, their LGBT rights with the civil rights movement. A lot of times, I don't really see a lot of dark skinned people in that fight with them, or in the photos, I should say, with them. But I really think that we really need to have this conversation because I've been seeing like a lot of videos, and I've had and I had a heated conversation the other night with some straight guy uh, about uh, gay men and how we need to be abominated or whatever. So. I'm really passionate about the whole thing, and I'm and I do apologize if I'm going off to going off in a tangent. And you can yeah, go ahead. What I'm saying, I do apologize, um, but I really think that we really need to have this fucking conversation where you really need to you really need to embrace everybody that is brown skin or dark skin when you talk about our fucking rights. It doesn't matter if we're gay, straight, or whatever. Bitch, embrace us. We're all one motherfucking people yeah well this is the thing i i found in some um you know lgbt groups of color as well as this black community in general will try to make gayness a white thing i've heard that it was like the weirdest thing i ever heard or said um it was i think when i was like 17 or 16 um somebody came to me with that whole um you know there was no gayness in Africa before Europeans made us gay, you know, or some yes. shit like that. They, they really believe this. They believe yeah, they the influence do. of whiteness. Because they're holding on to an illusion. They're trying to hold on to their fucking masculinity. And bitch, you need to stop that fucking bullshit. Yeah. All right. And I think that my, my response to him was to show him some like African gay porn. <laughs> it's like, there's some gay folks there. African. Like, yeah, I don't know. They, they seem to enjoy. It. Like, I don't know. I'm not exactly sure how desire is um, transmittable. You know, because I remember. You know, you can obviously make that that sort of thing with people praying away the gay or conversion therapy. You know, could you? You know, is it even possible to offer a straight person like a million dollars to be to be gay? Like give them an incentive it's just like there i think someone actually had that prize <laughs> it's just like if you could make a straight guy gay a million dollar prize or some shit based off of some other science but, prize but, to that yeah. question there a lot of fucking mm. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a lot of cursing okay let me let, let, let me talk <laughs> a lot of straight men straight men joke about comedians joke about how prince turned them on and you know I had to think about you know like he's like a pretty motherfucker he's this and he's that or whatever and yeah. but I think people fail to realize is that sexuality really doesn't have a fucking gender a mother sex sexuality is just is it, to me sexuality is very fluent you can be attracted to a woman and you can be attracted to a man at the same time it's based on whatever you are feeling at that time and sexuality to, to me doesn't really have an identity and oh, yeah. if not mistaken, there was an African lady who has said that in her village, um, well, where in her in her native village, that there were gay people. Like you, you didn't consider them to be gay because it wasn't really a, a thing to say. But right. 
they understood that sexuality didn't have a, a a gender. You know, you may see two men like in Pakistan. I'm sorry, at Dubai, wherever the fuck these people are, um, the ones that wear these headbands or whatever, that they're holding hands with each other. They kiss each other's on the, you know, they kiss each other on the lip. I think that here in America, we have such a macho disposition about ourselves that we are trying to hold on to our masculinity at all fucking costs. And you frown on gay men because they don't fit into the narrative. Yeah. You know, I, I agree. And I think that, um, I mean, like people have an idea of the way the world works and any sort of outside information really doesn't penetrate that. Um, I remember there was a study, a well-rounded scientific study about adoption, gay parents adopting children. And the information found that, first of all, that gay parents who adopt children actually do better than, um, than straight parents who just have children naturally. And the reason that is, is that all adoptive parents do better than, you know, than those who give birth naturally, just because of the fact that you, as an adoptive parent, you chose to be a parent. It's a choice. Yeah. You made that, not only did you make the choice, but you had to jump through 50 fucking hoops in order to do it. Exactly. You have to actually have the money to go through the adoption process, which you don't have to have the money to give birth to a child. So typically <laughs> adopted children just do better. Um, and then you compare adopted children of gay parents and straight parents, and they are on par. There's just no real difference when you, you know, just for, you know, location, income levels, things like that, education, so forth. It's just a wash. But you could not bring that information to someone who, who feels that homosexuality is evil or wrong or just weird and see this as anything disconfirming of their beliefs. They just they explain it away. And I will tell you what I absolutely love mm. is the whole masculinity thing that Lonnie was talking about. And then you get a video that comes up of all these cues dancing half naked in the thing. Yeah. You know, that that was some of the gayest shit I'd seen you know, outside of an actual porn movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, there is some the, some interesting things that they talked about, like action movies and this sort of under underlying homosexual themes. There's lots of uh, underlying homosexual themes in, 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 in action movies and horror flicks. You know, you can edit something to take two different edits out. And you got a whole homoerotic thing happening. <laughs> yeah, there was. There was. I, a, I think it was. I try to remember what movie was like. One of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies or something. It was like, yeah, this was two degrees away from some some gayness, from being a, a, a soft a soft core gay flick. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but they they said basically that um, one of the reasons they do it for action films is that there is an attraction of straight men toward other men is not necessarily sexual you know this is kind of like you see someone you admire or want to emulate or whatever um but then you can also sort of twist it to being somewhat sexualized because you're showing them in you know traditionally masculine roles you know doing the things that men want to be known for doing being successful or you know powerful is one of them um 
exerting power over people, having women fawn over you, that sort of thing. One of the and, best things I'd ever seen, one of the best episodes of the Boondocks was the story of Gangsta Delicious. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. Awesome. You know, and, yeah. and, and I know straight people that laughed at that shit, but, you know, if, 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 if some rapper started wearing some of that shit, y'all would be out there wearing it. <laughs> oh, wearing God. shit with your ass out. I mean, let's look at the whole pants hanging off your ass thing. It started, and again, started in prison to identify who was a bitch and who was not. And yeah. you motherfuckers have adopted that shit. Walking these streets with your ass hanging out. And you're perfectly okay with it. Yeah. Look I, at I, my underwear. Ain't it pretty? I mean, then he like pulls out the pearls and he's like, yeah, not a skirt. <laughs> I was like, pearls? I think one... Um, I don't know how far you've gotten into Atlanta, um, the FX show. Um, but this last episode kind of reminded me of the Boondocks so much that I was like, they could do every Boondocks episode on Atlanta. <laughs> they, could, they could have these characters. Is that the Juneteenth episode? Yeah, the Juneteenth episode. Yeah. Every Boondocks episode, that, uh, that garden party they had. Yeah. Some black people, but... I was like, oh man, they got to do a Tyler Perry episode. They got to do it's delicious. They got to do all that on Atlanta. I just, you know, they just redo it live. It'd be, it'd be great. Because <laughs> it's comic gold. It is. But, um, but no, I mean, yeah, I don't know how Moonlight's going to do. I hope it does well. Um, you know, I hope it is as good as people are, are you know, praising it right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, it could be, it could be something. I, I, I don't know. I like the the dude. I name the one who's, who played Codmouth in Luke Cage. I mean, that's honestly one of the main reasons I want to go see it because I just like seeing him now. <laughs> like, he's just amazing. But, they didn't have to mouth like that. I'm just saying. <laughs> but he has that laugh, that super grumbly laugh, that super deep voice that's just kind of hot and scary at the same time. It's like, you know, and I, I think somebody posted like a clip of every time he laughed back to back from Luke Cage. Of <laughs> he does have that. <laughs> he is. He is. That's funny. funny. He is. It's just. It's anyway. Um, Lonnie, did you watch Luke Cage? I'm just now getting into Luke Cage. I'm about down to the two, last two episodes. Oh, okay. But somebody. I remember at first you were like not into it. I thought at first you weren't into it. I, I wasn't like I'm really not into like those like I'm not really into the, all the hype thing that people love, but because um, heaven forbid you should enjoy it. <laughs> exactly, and I just so happily came across it and I watched. I'm like, okay, yeah, I like it. And then when I saw him half naked, I'm like, oh yeah, I like this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I had the same reaction, dude. Like, of course they they had pleased. Yes, I remember. Because when it came out, Malcolm was Malcolm wasn't at home. He was like, I could watch it on my phone. And I remember telling him, no, no. You need to watch this motherfucker on the full screen. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Yes, God. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Like I said, I wanted to see the, you know, the, the clips they didn't use. 
you know, I'm on all the extra footage, all the extra angles from all the sex scenes that he's done in that show. So, oh, we didn't like this. Let's do it from this angle with this lighting. Yeah, let's just see all of it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I did want to do one of the posts I did this week. I didn't do many, but um, this was for the M3 Life Group, and it kind of ties into something Lonnie had brought up before with friendships and, you know, talking about, like, the difference between, like, friends, acquaintances, and associates or whatever. Um, but this one was from Psychology Today, and it was called A Grown-Up's Guide to Friendship. Uh, making, dealing, and keeping friends. And um, so I forget the question I asked with it. Um, the question I asked, oh, here it is. Um, how would you go about trying to deepen a shallow friendship or acquaintance into a significant friendship? Um, most of the responses I got was I wouldn't try. You know, <laughs> but I think there's always like someone who you kind of know in your friend circle you want to get to know better. You're not trying to have a relationship with them, but you'd like to have deeper, more meaningful relationship with them. And um, I think everybody at, on some level wants meaningful friendships. Yes. Um, you know, ones that are outside of relationships, because I think a lot of times people will get both of those in a relationship friendship combo where you're each other's best friend and you're fucking, you know, <laughs> but, you know, you might you might want to just have a friend. <laughs> You might just want to have a friend because uh, I think friendships, I mean, at least in my experience, have been more stable than relationships, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, most of my friendships typically last a while. If they, if they fade off, it's, you know, it's life, whatever. But I don't have friendships that blow up in my face, generally speaking, like relationships do. <laughs> they don't, typically. Uh, so, yeah, you might want to have a strong friendship you know, to go through life. Okay, so they had like several steps of friendship. This was their guide. They talked about meeting. So where do you meet a, meet a great friend, you know? And it is kind of like the same stuff they talk about relationships, going out and doing things, engaging in activities, you know, sort of the, you know, dining, clubbing. Um, and outing at the movies. At the movies, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, if you're religious, you know, go to church. You might meet a friend at church. <laughs> I always thought of, of of religion as, you know, the most sanctioned social club ever. You know, it's got. <laughs> it, it is. I mean, if you don't believe in God, if you don't believe in the spiritual aspects of it, it is just a group of people who meet every week, sing songs, and you know, talk about their favorite book. That's true. That's you know true. what? You know what, Malcolm? That's true. That's it is true. A I had group. not thought about that, but that's true. I am not fooling with you. That's true. <laughs> wow. You know, I wouldn't mind doing that with some other books. You know, let's pull out the Hunger Games, talk about Katniss, and sing like, oh, Katniss. <laughs> I don't know. Harry Potter. Right. And then in the third book of Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Harry oh, said, yeah. expecto patrolo. And you faced all your fears. <laughs> I know. I'm going to hell. I'm so going to hell. But anyway, uh, but yeah, social groups. I tr actually, it was one of those things I tried to get my mom to go back to church because you know, something that I, maybe it's my bias. I think old ladies should go to church, but <laughs> that's funny because they do like it. Sees old women. See, I think old ladies should go to the strip club. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> now there are, yeah, there are some that probably should, but I don't know. Maybe that's just my bias. Like I said, I um, okay. So that old people need to go to church. I am so, well, they need to get close to God because they about to be like, like they about to die or something. No, I'm, I'm just serious. saying like, no, I think it's for the social activity. Like you're retired most, you know, and can't really get out the house and, you know, a church will actually come and pick your ass up, you know, get you in that seat, have you singing, feed you, you know, have lots of activities, and they will do it. I mean, I would love to hear what your mother has to say because I, because I've heard your mother talk in the background, and I would love to hear what she has to say. Well, she would go to church if there was a church she liked. I mean, honestly, I, I, she's a religious person; she's a believer. But honestly, her her residence right now is to dealing with the music. She, you know, is a musician for years and, you know, she's very critical of the music of the churches that she attends. So um, if she's not a part of it, she doesn't really want to be a part, you know, like she's going to want to meddle and like, you know, start doing stuff when she really can't. So she's sister Mary Clarence from sister. <laughs> Basically <laughs> she is. She, She's always led a choir. She's always um, played the organ. And to not do that just doesn't feel right. So, um, and I don't think she's physically capable of doing it now. So, you know, but I would love for her to have that experience. But, um, but yeah, I think just social clubs in general, um, you know, I've tried to do some of the meet meetups for M3 and it definitely has been like, you know, a positive thing, even though like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing as far as that. I would have done one for Dr. Strange if I, you know, had a, like a good partnership with someone in Atlanta to do it, you know? Um, Again, something like that, you got to do it at least six months in advance. Yeah, absolutely. Like it should have been like right after Civil War. Yeah. Because I kind of already knew I would do that. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a way of... Um, like you, know, you should start working on the one now for the Black Panther movie. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. Yeah. yeah. But no, I mean, I, I definitely had a lots of positive experiences. Um, think about like Big Boy Pride was like a huge thing. You know, I met a lot of people there who ended up, you know, still uh, talking with and, you know, things like that. And so then I guess after the meeting part in this article is like, how do you turn an acquaintance into a friend? Uh, so you met someone you'd like to talk to might have exchanged information or whatever and meet up for like a bro date so like how do you move from you know friendship to or acquaintance to friendship and you know one of my things was when talking about this article with people was they got people who overshared too much too quickly you know like telling all their life story you know and trying to just get way too personal way too fast and i was like i never really had that i don't think um yeah, I think that's just something. I think that's something you can't force. Yeah, I think that that's something that has to occur naturally, and you can't. I mean, some people are just gonna be acquaintances. Some people are gonna be deeper than that. You know, you put a group of you put a group of people together, and some people are going to gravitate towards other people. They're not gonna gravitate to everybody in the group, right. and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But what if you're the guy that they don't gravitate towards and you just sit there like... But somebody would gravitate Somebody would gravitate towards you. I mean, Lonnie, yeah. look, every every group you're in, people gravitate towards you. That's a lie. 
<laughs> I was gonna say something shady. I was gonna say until he says something. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. No, no, I I have that problem too. No, first of all, I can't really go seeking out people because my vision issues, for the most part. Like I making social cues. Like if someone's looking at me from across the room and sending some signals that they want to talk, you know, miscommunication happens all the time. A lot of times people think I'm being shady because I'm clearly looking at them and don't know who they are. And they're like, why don't you know who I am? Like, I, Cause I can't see you. Because <laughs> I'm blind. Mofo, I can't yeah. see you. And then I just do something normal and they're like, you can see, nigga, you can see. I'm like, exactly. <laughs> so because I'm not tripping over myself. Like, yeah. So they don't even believe me when I tell them that. But anyway. Um, so yeah, I definitely run into those things. I find myself befriend someone and running into barriers. That being, you know, maybe my social skills aren't all that high. Like I, um, you know, just basic socialization problems. Yeah. Um, but also people think I'm like, um, what, how Mark would put a sedity, <laughs> like I'm bougie or something. Like yeah, it yeah. can't just be. <laughs> I'm really not. I'm not that bougie. I might, you know, be a little bougie, but I listen to NPR. That's bad. <laughs> oh, so you wanted them up? You wanted them up these smart Negroes? <laughs> yeah, apparently. And then I shop at Target, never the Walmart to the Target. <laughs> but no, I mean. So I guess the thing I found in, in friendships and relationships, I guess to close out the topic was to somewhat welcome someone's rejection. I guess the idea for me being, if someone really doesn't want to be your friend or be in a relationship or date you or whatever it is, there is going to be someone who does. Yeah. And so if they give you this clear information that they're not interested or their actions or their speech tell you that, it's been a hard lesson for me to learn is just accept it and move on because there will be someone who will. You know. I, I want the other person that will. I want what I want when I want it. I know. <laughs> I know. But I what you me, want don't always want you. Oh, a dad, yeah. Call me Jennifer Holiday, bitch. I am saying. <laughs> I just like it's it's an invitation to heartache because I've been there so many times. It's now, Lottie, do you are you okay with the flip side of that? What you talking about? When somebody feels that way about you. See, this ain't about me right now. <laughs> That's a different story. And I really do have to like learn how to turn someone's rejection of me into somewhat of an affirmation, just being like, thank you for the information. Let me go find someone who really is into me. Um, and then I guess I also have to ask myself if I'm really into them, but that's a whole other issue. So, because <laughs> there is that reverse thing where I like someone just because they like me. Really not enough, but anyway. I have I have managed to figure that out. So, yeah, it's unfortunate. What are you saying, Lonnie? Derek said he figured it out, so I want to ask him like, "What did you figure out?" Oh, like, just for me, I figured out when I like somebody because they like me. Um, yeah, I've, I've been able to identify that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I've I've gotten lucky. I've gotten I've gotten past that because I used to suffer from that. Oh, he, he likes me, and I think I like him too. No, you don't. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, you just like oh, being yeah. liked. I like being liked. Yeah. You have to yeah. and you honestly have to sit down and figure out, okay, so if he really if he did not like you, would you have looked at him twice? Let's be honest. Right. You know. Was yeah. there anything about him that attracted you to him before he started throwing himself at your feet? Yeah. And if the answer is no, you need to keep it moving. Right. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Because eventually you gonna, because, you know, yeah, because it's gonna be empty in one side and eventually you're gonna hurt that person's feelings. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be bad. Yeah, I've done it. <laughs> it's really bad. I might be doing it now, but oh that's another issue. <laughs> <laughs> that's not bad. That's I hope bad. I hope they're not watching. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, they're not. Um, I, happen, I happen to catch a show today. I think you were talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think so. That's the thing. I can comfortably say that he's not watching because what's their name? That's, None that's of your the, business. His name is we. If you stick around to the end of the thing, you'll find out once we go off the live. <laughs> but um. You, you like, know, for you know, somebody, just, always want to know the business, won't get none of his own. Okay. Exactly. All right, y'all. I'll tell one of my T's right now. Folks, <laughs> talking about this subject that we're talking about right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was this individual. Um, we What's his name? Another, huh? What's his name? Eric. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Don't do <laughs> So, so I met Eric at a nudist event and then um, we lost communication and then we met again through Facebook and now we're hanging out or whatever. So we've actually seen each other nude or whatever. And it's, it's nothing erotic about it or whatever. Ooh. So um, we went to the movies together and, and this is not the person from last week. So... <laughs> So we went to the movies and then I went over to their home and we're just sitting there talking. And then I asked the awkward question. I said, what, you know, do you have feelings for me? Like, like, what is this that we're doing right now? And they just looked at me like, um, I'm just being friendly with you. What are you talking about or whatever? So my face got cracked because I thought that they wanted to holler. And they just looking at me like, uh, no, I like skinny people. I don't like fat people. Oh. I'm like, oh, what the no. fuck you mean? <laughs> I ain't fat. What the fuck you mean? I'm thick. So they're like, hurt or whatever. And, and now they're trying to set me up with somebody who is like, they think we should take, uh, they think we should date. And I'm just no. thinking like, uh-huh. <laughs> no. Uh, no. Uh, no. So, so that is a good question. Like, what what gave you the input? You know, did you have any indication that this person had feelings for you at all? Asked, or was it just general inquiry? It was just like I just wanted to make sure we was on the same page. So it was just basically, right. and a lot of the people that I've been meeting or getting to know, underlined they had an interest, and I didn't have an interest. So I didn't have yeah. an interest in this person, but when they told me that, uh, no, you're not my type, then that's when I'm just like, um, uh, what are you talking about? Like, I got Even though you're, 
I got offended. Even though you're not into them, the fact that they're not into you exactly. is offensive. Yes. <laughs> I've been oh, there. Oh, Lonnie, never change. How dare you? <laughs> but, but, it's like I am everyone's cup of tea. How you dare you not like me? <laughs> but, you know, so I so so I had a, a, a Lonnie's life lesson moment, and I'm really getting to know this person just for who they are. Everything that I want to do for people that want to get to know me, I'm able to do this with this person, and it's nothing sexual. It's nothing like that, and I'm just really enjoying getting to know this person on a friendship level. You know and, why? Why? Because there's no pressure. Yeah. Huh. I, I was going to say that about the person I'm seeing right now, which is that I can totally be myself because there is no like this deep emotional connection or whatever. We're just hanging out and having fun. And like I said, um, there have been some things we have never got into, especially dealing with like religion and stuff. That I'm sure at some point he said some things. He said some things to me like. I can't understand why anyone wouldn't believe in God. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, okay, moving on. Uh, (laughs) I'm not even going to like bring that up, but. um, Well, you should have a conversation. It's a lot of people that don't believe in God, Bonnie. That's an abomination. Okay, I'm going to say this. I believe in the universe. I believe in I believe in uh, spirituality. Do I believe that there's a little white man in brown robes and slippers and shit running around pointing fingers from a cloud? No, I don't. Yeah. So that that was actually one of the questions in, uh, I think, Sleuth City I was looking at, that could you date someone who's highly religious? I know I probably could not. I, I could. I wouldn't. We may not last that long, but I could because I would tease their ass every single damn day, and I'd probably fuck up that relationship, but I well, think honey, it would be so much fun. You, you, get it, <laughs> you get it to the age where you ain't can't waste that kind of time. There I come to realization <laughs> that I'm destined that I might die alone. You know what? We've all been at that place, though. Yeah. Yeah, that was just that was just one of those things where, yeah, I, I when I you met, know, go ahead, go when ahead. I, when I when when I met Jared, I had I mean literally like six months before I met him, I had completely taken myself off the grid because I was like, yeah, so it's gonna be me and a house full of birds, and when I die, I hope somebody feeds them. <laughs> <laughs> No, and I guess that's, that's where I was. I mean, literally, I had, I, you know, all those date naps and stuff that people use. All I had removed all that shit from my telephone. I was getting emails from Adam for Adam. You haven't, you haven't checked in in four months. You okay? No, bitch, I'm not. I'm done. <laughs> I'm over it. I'm done. You know. And then, you know, chance encounter. And you, I've told you this story before. You know, chance encounter went to a party that. I kind of didn't want to go to because I just wasn't feeling like leaving the house. But I went and I met him, and there was that. And yeah. haven't looked back since. Yes, I know it's beautiful, and it really is beautiful. And he was kind of the same way. Didn't really want to go all the way from New Jersey to to the tail end of Brooklyn, and was only planning on staying an hour. And you know, that's kind of what happened. So you know, it happens when you least expect it. 
I think like it's funny, like if I had a um an origin story, if if the person I'm seeing turns out to be anything more than just seeing them, my origin story would have to deal with Hurricane Matthew, because I think he was here because his cousin was fleeing the storm. <laughs> so I'm and I'm just getting bored because um the game that I was playing uh got canceled because of the storm. I do download Grinder or Growler Growler. That one. And he happened to be in town and like, ooh, ooh you know. <laughs> That's oh, okay. Some <laughs> enchanted evening when you log on to Growler. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. So But yeah, going um, back to you, Lonnie, I think the reason why you like doing the stuff that you like doing with Eric is because there's no pressure there. Because there's no relationship there. I mean, I, there's no, there's no romantic relationship there. Right. Yeah, and I would say that it does, you know, relieving that pressure to, you know, be something more, or you know, just being yourself, um, and letting it all hang out is it is a beautiful thing for sure. Like I don't, yeah. I mean, I've never. There's always like a part of me that's holding on, you know, and protecting myself from pretty much everyone, but even more so when you, when the stakes are raised, you know, like you really want them to like you and all that. If you don't really care and just relate to them like any other person, that's a good place to start. I don't know, at least for me. <laughs> it, it's bad, it's a bad omen when I really like someone out the gate because I'm gonna act fucked up in some way. Or I'm, I don't know, <laughs> it's good. I love that feeling, don't get me wrong. I love. Love. It's that your nerves right. get the best of you. Yeah, that, and I'm afraid, and I can't really just open up. Um, if I do open up at all, it's like with great effort, you know. Um, so talking to someone who I'm just like casually interested in, like I'm attracted to them, but personally, just not really that invested. Um, I have a lot more fun because I could just be like, you know, whatever. This is what I do. This is me. You're like, yeah. I don't have to like clean up my room so much if I invite them. <laughs> you just be let it all hang out and that's funny. Whatever. Yeah, and um, cause I don't care. Like you don't like my room messy. Go somewhere else. <laughs> it's horrible. But no, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I still try to present something positive, but you know, it's just not as nerve wracking. Um, so you know, that's nice. But um, I guess moving on to something else. Um, yeah, and I posted this earlier this week. It was like a partnership uh, scene in Florida's harsh stance on felons' voting rights. So, I mean, it's, it's something that has existed. You know, states regulate voting rights, first of all. It's not a national election. Every election is a state election, <laughs> which is kind of weird, but the way we do elections. So, um, so every state is different, um, but most states, I think something like um, 48 states, if you have a felony, you cannot vote in those states. Yeah. Um, 18 of those states that restrict felons voting rights, you can get them restored through a process, very similar to like immigration policy. You know, like you answer some questions, you pay restitution, you say you're sorry, stuff like that. Um, and you can get your voting rights reinstored restore but that still leaves like the vast majority of states have you know if you're a felon 
and uh, you were released. You were never going to. I'm vote not really you. sure what one has to do with the other, though. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. Um, but here's the thing: I get. Um, I just feel like this is one of those things when I, I started talking to Gerald about politics. He often jumps to like, that's never going to be solved ever. Like he'll say that. And I'm like, don't say that. It could be solved. <laughs> I'm an optimist. I'm usually the optimist. This is one of those that I feel like is never going to get solved <laughs> because I feel like felons should have the right to vote after a period of time. You know, like if you can, if you can participate in a community, you know, have a job and pay taxes, that's, it feels wrong that because you're it not is wrong. voting or you're not able because you're asked to pay for all the benefits of being a citizen, but you're not allowed to enjoy the aspects of being a citizen. Right. But the problem with this is, of course, is it's not sexy. You know, like, I want to get these felons the right to vote. You know, there are these stories of people who did stupid things when they were young, and now they're yeah. much older. And their stories are fairly interesting. Um, like I said, there's this one guy who, you know, did something when he was 18, like a robbery, you know, got out of jail by the time he was 25, now 65, still can't vote, you know. Really? And it is, yeah. yeah. Like the rest of your life, if that state doesn't um, allow this, you know, part, pardon process or whatever they call it, reinstating of your um, of your voting rights, yeah, you can't vote. I thought everybody did that um, because I thought that since Florida did it, I thought everybody did it. I was, excuse my ignorance. Yeah, I didn't know much about it either. And that's the thing, like Florida is one of those states that will reinstate voting rights, but um, recently have um, stopped, I guess, halted on it quite a bit. So I guess in Florida, speaking specifically, um, they have had this law on the books since uh, 1868. Um, that should be noted. That was like three years after the Civil War. Just saying. <laughs> like it was quite um, feels like one of those reconstruction things to get you know black people not to vote because that is one of the major things about this is that you know black people are incarcerated at like three to six times the rate of white people. So this affects black yeah. people much more. Um. So, by the way, Lonnie. President Obama was working on that. Again, yeah. not as a black issue, but just as an issue. Yeah. Just FYI. It is a black issue. Well, it is a black issue, but it's an effort, but but again, he doesn't tackle it as, well, we need to get rid of this because it's a black issue. It's an American issue. Yeah. It affects everybody. Okay. Yes. It so is. so basically what he's trying to say is that it's no such thing as black and white. It's he's not he issue. is not he has never said that. The way that I'm interpreting what you're saying to me is that he's not looking at it as a black and white issue. What I'm it's saying is an American issue. What I'm saying is that, that what I'm saying is that he is not the president of black America. Okay, well, black people were the ones that voted for his ass. I'm sorry. I digress. <laughs> but I think what uh, might be what Derek is getting at is that when he helps everybody, black people are going to benefit. And that's what I'm saying. Uh, but normally when yeah, black and people so, I help everybody, uh, uh, like the civil rights movement, 
everybody got benefits from that. And it was more of a black issue, but everyone reaps the benefits of the civil rights movement. I think the thing is with Obama, just generally speaking, if he's a competent, good president who can, you know, achieve his goals that he wants to, is going to benefit black people um, and white people. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, generally, it will. I don't, I don't have that skepticism of his allegiance toward black America. So, you know, I do. like, I, yeah. And so, obviously, I'm going to look at it as he's a moderate Democrat. Like, the fact that he's black is kind of, you know, beside the point. <laughs> but he is, he is a, because it is. Like and the, I think the after party eight years being America's first black president, I think he is quite aware that he is black. Yeah, but he's he not the first black president. He's like maybe the what the ninth Third? black president. <laughs> How so? How's he the ninth black president? What other ones did he like? You have black people that ran uh, this country post uh, George Washington. I don't know. About uh, that. I'm, okay, well, I'm just gonna move on. And, because I actually <laughs> did my homework. I did my homework. And we actually had some black people that ran the country um, post George Washington because George Washington is the ninth president of America. Okay, okay we're um. <laughs> no, uh, you can't stop him because I need to know where this is going. No, we don't. We can stop. This train wreck can stop right now. <laughs> oh, okay, so. So, so what you guys are saying is that we never had any black people that ran. No, what I'm saying is we've never had party. any black presidents until Barack Hussein Obama. Now, I'm not okay, saying so that we're not black people. I'm not saying the that the black people did not help run and build this country because we did. This motherfucker was built on our backs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that so, no black man before 2012, well, 2008, sorry, held the title of you of, of president of the United States of America. Thank you. Okay, the title, the title. Okay. Yeah, well, that's this because is, that's all that's important. All right. Cool. But it is all true. Right, I think you okay. might be getting on one point is that you know George Washington was not necessarily our first president. He was the first president under the U.S. Constitution which is the government that was formed after he became president. We actually did have other forms of government, constitutional, you know, uh, governments. I forget whether it was an actual confederacy of states at one point um, that we had a president. And, um, and so, yeah. And Malcolm, I caught that little T towards the, uh, towards the train wreck. Like, I don't believe oh. that the earth is flat. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> we get into that. <laughs> Oh god, I've never that like oh, and the flat earth people. Yeah. But you're not the what only I mean, one. The earth may be flat. I've never been in a rocket and driven up there or whatever. So technically <laughs> I don't I've never seen the earth from space. So I don't know if it's round or not, because I have not seen that through a rocket. I don't know. Have, <laughs> I have, have you heard of anybody falling off the edge of it? Or how do you explain satellites then? Well the Bermuda Triangle, um, uh, they, they, they say the Triangle. Do y'all believe in the Bermuda Triangle? There is a Triangle of Islands here. that includes Bermuda. Yeah. <laughs> but you realize, like, it is a large, you know, the whole thing about the Bermuda Triangle we have to just talk about for a second. The reason so many ships got lost in this is because of where it is. It has absolutely nothing to do with some, 
specific area. It was just like a huge shipping lane. And shit happened. Like when I saw how large the Bermuda Triangle was, I was like, <laughs> it's like larger than Texas. You know what I'm saying? The Bermuda Triangle is fucking huge. <laughs> so I can see if it was like this little thin corridor of ocean, you know, but no, that's fucking, it's a huge island connected thing. Shame. And yeah. Yeah. And people fucking get lost when they go shipping, you know. So I just got all off topic, <laughs> but please do. I I I, <laughs> I just start laughing. Step into my madness. Yes. 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 I totally lost my train of thought. We're talking about felons. That's right. Okay. So yes. part of the reason part of the reason I even read this article is because the the guy who they were featuring was kind of hot to me. I guess. <laughs> Such a motivating factor for many things that you do it is true it was like this very very um handsome older gentleman in florida who was talking about the fact that he couldn't vote and it's like isn't that a shame we should help you out <laughs> cute black guy <laughs> just anyway but yeah there's there's um let me see if i have the statistics here um u.s population i guess it's like 8.6 percent of the population is wow. affected yeah it's a pretty large population we have if you saw that movie Thirteenth, uh, we currently incarcerate like we we are the world's leader in in um, incarcerations right now. Yeah, that I did know. Yeah, um, but we it's, make inter it's interesting that you remove people's rights from them for incarceration, but incarceration is supposed to be it's supposed to be. I'm not saying it is. It's supposed to be about rehabilitation. Right. So you rehabilitate the person and then you stick them out there, but they've lost half their rights. That don't yeah. make no sense. Yeah, it's already like difficult to you know navigate through the world as a felon. But it makes perfect sense. It, to me, it makes perfect sense. How so? Perfect sense because the people that put them in there, they don't want them to have the right to vote them out of office. Well, or, yeah. You know, so yeah, that's it true. Makes yeah, yeah. I mean, on that and on a business standpoint, as far as voting, it makes perfect sense. But as far as looking at it as a humanitarian or a human being, it doesn't make any sense at all. Right, right. No, no, no doubt. Um, there's actually a state constitutional amendment. Um, I, I learned this through, um, I think it was This American Life podcast. Um, the state of Georgia, and I think every state has a judicial commission board that uh, reviews disciplinary um it's a dis disciplinary board for judges and you know you can complain and i believe it's actually within the state constitution that it'll be nonpartisan and won't be affected by you know the state's legislators there's certainly you know, i went to go vote i think friday sometime this weekend and it was on there and i you know i voted against it but they want to remove this judiciary board from the state constitution because the speaker of the house of georgia was a former judge sanctioned by this commission <laughs> it's so obvious that he's just trying to be petty and say oh are you gonna you're gonna fire me oh i'm gonna fire you That's right. what I'm going <laughs> so, um, and it's crazy because it's just one of those things that was in the bill it's this long thing that if you've never heard of would be like sure i'm in favor of 
strengthening the judiciary board, you know. So you know, it's some bullshit like that. Anything for the community that he serves, like, um, was he against anything or was he for the people? So, well, he was against black. This, this was the thing. This particular judge um, was fined for sexual harassing a lawyer in his court, and the lawyer filed a harassment suit, and he was fired. So basically, he asked her to come into his office and she's forced by law to be there and he's coming on to her and she felt uncomfortable. So she filed a complaint. That don't Which sound is totally legit. Sound good. That don't sound good. <laughs> well, it, it was bad enough that it was that it, he did get fired. <laughs> I was just saying, like any job, you know, if the person is complaining about you. if Did he grab her by the crouch? No, no. He made some just... <laughs> is the that old, the new standard? You wait, actually have but, to, Lonnie, by the what? Did he grab him by the what? By the crouch. Oh, I thought he said crouch. I was like, is we German now? <laughs> Did he grab him by the schnitzel? <laughs> but there was there was actually a voicemail memo that he left on this lawyer's phone. Um, it was it was pretty bad. It was evidence. He oh. left clear evidence. Like what's wrong? Something with like them, Jesus. <laughs> just saying like I, I know what it was he said something like um you know something it was it was the dumbest come online but he's just like you know something about being santa claus sit on my lap type thing. Lord, no. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like i wish you know you know it's like you were asking for presents but i'm a judge and i'm not santa claus if i was santa claus you'd have to sit on my lap wow that was what it was yeah something like that very overtly sexual and yeah anyway petty petty wins he's probably gonna win this thing <laughs> the triumph of petty so um i don't know i just thought that was interesting um but yeah i don't really have much else this week um as far as topics are concerned um, was there anything on this week that you wanted to bring attention to what was in the news um, if you, if you are not married, if you're in a long-term relationship and y'all don't get married, get your paperwork in order <laughs> because as much as you Hello. love your family, they might come in and put your motherfucker out if something happened to you. Yeah. Hello. It's like a living will. A living will, a dying will, a, a next to right, something. Yeah, yeah. Write some shit down and have it signed and endorsed. Yeah. And I would still fight that in the court. Um, who you, that that was my brother. That wasn't your lover. That was my. Who are you, bitch? <laughs> but yeah, because the story I, I the story that. I talked about last week about the two guys that had been together been together fifty five years, and mm-hmm. the one died, and they never got married because um, they were in their eighties. And they were like, yeah, yeah, we'd have to do this. Um, the family of the deceased is saying, well, they weren't lovers. They were just good friends that had been living together for five years. Oh, wow. Um, you know, and we're going to let him live. Well, we'll let him live here. We'll give him a five-year lease where he only has to pay $10 a month. And he can stay here. You know, but his thing is, this is my home. Are you serious? Yeah. Yes. 
That is so disrespectful. But it happens a lot of times. I had a friend whose partner passed away, and, you know, while he's trying to bury the partner, and every day, three days later, the partner's family is coming in, talking about taking shit out the house. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so now, so then my friend is not only dealing with the fact that he lost his partner and not only dealing with what I need to do next to move on, but now it's all of this, well, did he really care about me? Did he left me in this situation Yeah. to deal with? That's a whole lot to put on one person at one time. Yeah, I think sometimes we just we're, we're ignorant. Well, I shouldn't say ignorant. We just don't know about certain things, and then when it happened, we we leave the people that we love to fight the battle that we could have avoided. And I agree with you. I really wholly agree with you. But in this particular situation, the partner who passed away had been helping other people with their wills, so he was <laughs> not ignorant to the situation. Right? Exactly. <laughs> so the yeah, question does become, you know, was he being shady? Did he really care? You know, it's right. it's all of these things. So yeah, yeah. wow. Yeah, again, a- after you been after you you know spend four weeks visiting somebody in the hospital repeatedly, and then they pass away, and you know you've dealt with all that emotionally, and then you got to deal with all this shit on top of it. That's a lot. Yeah. I would dig his ass up and have a motherfucking conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, um, oh, wow. yeah, there was been there have been some other interesting things. Um, thinking about like Obama being progressive, this is something that didn't I didn't see too much in the news, but um, I guess the military is now allowing soldiers, uh, transgender soldiers, to serve openly in the military. Mm-hmm. Which I was just, I kind of was a little slack job by that. I was like, really? They really doing that? <laughs> like this is this is actually happening? Like I didn't think that would happen. Um, this but might yeah. sound but why? Like, but why would you want people to know that you're transgender? Like, why? Why don't? Like, why would you want somebody to know that you're straight or gay? Just bitch, you 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 putting your life on the line. Who gives a fuck about your sexuality? But Lonnie, is it that you want people to know, or you just don't want to hide? Right. Yeah. Because there's a difference. There's I have an ex. Who is he's he's a I, I call him a unicorn because he's a black gay Republican. He was career military, you know, and he was career military at a time when you you know he started out where you could not be gay in the military, and you know he didn't he didn't announce it. And to this day, again, like I said, he retired what 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. He he he. You won't see a rainbow sticker on his car, but if you ask him or if you find out he's gay, he's not going through a whole lot of you know hoops and, and obstacles to hide it. Right. It just okay. it's part of who he is. But you know he's not wearing you know he's not wearing a rainbow lapel either. Yeah. He just wanted to, do, you know, he wants to serve his country. And why can't you do that and be transgender? But, oh, okay, so are you saying that the transgender people are not allowed to serve the country because... Up that, until now, uh, yeah. That, that the application says a man and they look like a woman? Or what exactly? 
I think it was oh. against the code of military conduct for you to be transgender up until now. Yeah. My understanding was. Because for a while it was this, against the code to be gay. Right. So now, it, okay. and then, it, and this is something I think they were talking about it further on is that there are still issues dealing with medical issues dealing with being transgender that, you know, the military hasn't addressed yet. Yeah. Especially dealing with like hormonal balances and things like that. Yeah. If you're in transition or even maintaining a transition that, um, you know, some people will have to, you know, consider that as part of their medical treatment. Um, there's issues right now. Um, forget the military. There's issues right now that we have in our insurance company um, regarding um, a woman getting a prostate exam and they're being denied getting the prostate exam because women don't have prostates, if I'm not mistaken. So they're right. being denied getting authorizations to get prostate exams for like things that men go through. Mm -hmm. These women are right. things and they're being denied and it's saying that you have to come out of pocket to pay for these things. They're like, well, we can't afford to do this. But right. You yeah, no, it's a real you need to get this. Yeah, I think there there will need to be new classifications of uh, transgender men and women dealing with medical issues just like that, because they should be able to indicate that I'm a cisgender woman or a trans and woman. For the record, and, and for the record, there are still hmm. things that aren't coded in the military when it comes to health just for women, for cis women. Right. You know, there are okay. things that, exactly. that still aren't coded for them. Right. And it should be noted that right now, after this rules change, there are only 10 transgender people in the military that this affects openly, I should say. There are only 10. Oh. There are only 10. Yeah. Out of like 2 million soldiers. So okay. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's not a huge population, but it's enough, you know, that they had to write it. You know, and I, I, I'm just one of those things where I'm happy that it's happening and I'm very surprised, honestly, like I thought there would be like this huge backlash or some shit. But it just kind of went under the radar, I guess, you know. Um, and honestly, I'm happy about I, that. Honestly speaking, I think it's one of those things that we talk about in the black community, about what's done in the dark will come to the light. I think this shit has always been going on, and just now it's coming to the forefront, honestly. Oh, yeah. No, I, have, I have a friend who's um, the only person I can say I've met who in my life who's transitioned was a former Marine. So I can imagine that if she were still in the military, you know, like that would be something that uh, would be an issue. So, I mean, it definitely um, affects real people. It's just that I think a lot of times, um, you know, in her case, like, you know, she didn't transition until after she left the military. So, you know. And so is, is it something that she's open about or is it something that's kind of like just my business really and just a few people need to know? The reason why I'm asking, um, have, um, have, have, God damn, has she been on the show before to no. talk about her transitioning? No, I, I would love, I'd love to actually, um, yeah, like she was here in Albany at the military base and actually was, um, the person who taught me how to play magic, like we used to play magic every weekend. Um, and even when she was presenting as a man, he was very gender queer, to say the least. So he wasn't gender conforming. So when she transitioned into a woman, I was just like, oh, well, 
Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> you know, like it was, it wasn't that shocking. It was just like okay, and uh, you know, she seems very happy now. But I was just thinking, like if you know, she really hated the military. Period. So I don't think that she wanted to stay in, you know, through her transition. But you know, at the same time, um, if you wanted to be career military, you know. Um, and I'm sure it is not exactly the most welcoming environment, even if the rules themselves allow it, you know? Oh, yeah. well, it's not going to be welcoming. Right. It's just, you know, <laughs> it's not welcoming for women of any, like like we were just saying, it's not welcoming for cisgender women, you know? Right. <laughs> so trans women, probably even worse, obviously worse. So anyway, um, the... Made the news this week that I guess you know the World Series is happening. The Cubs final game is tonight. Possibly the final game because they're in losing. <laughs> I guess I'm so pissed. They messed. But they up made the World empire. Series. They did. That's why I'm pissed about. <laughs> oh. But they're going to the game five tonight. I think it's in Chicago. Um, yes, it's in Chicago. Yeah. So I think they had their first home game last night, right? Or it was like the first World Series home game in like 60 years, at, you know, in Chicago. It's like a big deal. I'm not a baseball fan, but, you know. So this is like the Super Bowl for the World Series? Yeah, basically. It's the, the top team of the. People have something like this. Why don't the who? The football team, like NFL, has stuff like this. The Super Bowl. That's the Super Bowl. But this is World the World Series, Series. goes off like damn it. Like it started Wednesday night, and it's been going on <laughs> since Sunday. Yeah, it's the same sort of series where you have seven games. You know, first person to four wins wins. Yeah, the series. They have the same thing in, in basketball. Yeah, and so I think it's between the Chicago Cubs and the Cleveland Indians. Are the two top teams this year? Game five tonight in Chicago. That's all I know. <laughs> I think if they were saying like if the Indians win this game, they win the World Series. So that means out of the past four games, the Indians have won three of the past four games. So yeah, it probably is not looking good for the Cubs, but you know, I don't know. I'm not a baseball person. <laughs> But it is kind of a big deal. I am from Chicago, so I guess that's, you know. Yeah, I, I too am from Chicago, and my only response is, yay, sports. <laughs> yeah. It does bring in Chicago money. You know, like, the World Series is a big deal. <laughs> you know, it's got to be someone coming. <laughs> it's I mean, not that big a deal. Oh, it does make a lot of money. Like, the players. Oh, yeah. Least, the players yeah. at least make a lot money then oh it makes a lot of money for a lot of people because um my mother was telling me that there are bars and restaurants that are charging three hundred dollars just to sit at a table at places around (laughs) yeah yeah damn it is it is a serious serious thing that i don't understand or i remember someone told me um I think they were saying like to them, um, baseball was the most American of the sports that we play. I'm not exactly sure how to look at that from the outside perspective, but 
that was like their introduction into American culture was like, you know, they could be from, you know, or India or wherever, but they could find someone to talk to about baseball and feel like an American, you know? Yep. And, um, and it was, um, I can understand from that perspective, like, you know, it's something you can talk about. I'm like thinking about like with my friends when we talk about magic, like we don't have to have anything. It's like, what's going on? What's been going on? Like there's certain subjects it's like, oh, did you hear about how Tarmogoyf went up 30 bucks? I don't know. Like it wouldn't mean anything to anyone else. <laughs> Fucking Tarmogoyf, man. Like I can't believe that shit. I wanted one. I know. <laughs> Which is something I need, but it costs like $130 and I'm not paying $130 for a piece of paper. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's just not happening. I'll find another way. Um, but anyway, uh, but yeah, I mean, they're that sort of, um, you know. It's news. Inclusion that you can feel. It's yeah. news. You reported it. Congratulations. Right. Sports. <laughs> Sports is <laughs> the balls are flying. I don't know yeah. <laughs> what else to say. Although I did see like this one dude. I guess the the plus side is, of course, there's, you know, men, you know, hitting things. I don't know. It's, it's kind of hot. It's kind of hot. a lot of things hot. I do. I'm I'm very horny. Apparently. He really does. Yeah. He just said, but no, seriously, like the guy, I guess, from the Cleveland Indians, they hit a home run last. I saw a picture. I was like, ooh, kind of a thick, you know. Hispanic guy, I don't know his name. I forget. <laughs> that is amazing to me. Wow. That that in itself is amazing. Mm. That they have like, I don't really watch baseball or whatever. I really don't. Um, but the times that I really watch is that they have a lot of Latinos versus having yeah. uh, blacks, or they have like a lot of uh, a lot of Latinos versus having blacks. Yeah, in baseball, I noticed that too. Yeah, yeah. There are some. Is there a reason behind that? Does anybody know? All, all I know is that uh, baseball is very, very big in in those Hispanic, Latino, Dominican countries. Okay. And yeah. so they, um, the, the the baseball scouts scout those areas to get those players to come here. Oh. Yeah, and it was like when it comes to football. Yeah, football is more football and basketball. They they look for the blacks more oh, for that. Yeah, I remember. So yeah, Sammy really Sosa was one of college in order to play baseball. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I think they're you know having a college career would probably be helpful, but but no, I think there have been people who have been drafted right out of high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, okay. So what else is um, coming on? That for, um, j- just to clarify, I'm not saying that those people that are playing baseball from the uh, from uh, Latin America, whatever they may be from, that they don't have a college mm-hmm. degree. I'm just saying that normally when I would see people playing baseball, they had like a college career here in America. Yeah. Playing major league baseball. That's all I'm saying. I'm not being. Race yeah, no, I, I, I hear you. I didn't think no, it's such. Yeah. Okay. But no, I think, um, yeah, so I guess something else coming on tonight 
episode two of The Walking Dead. Um, Ezekiel, if you're familiar with the comics, supposed to make his debut appearance. Maybe Shiva shows up too. I don't know. <laughs> I think people still Probably. trying to get over the first episode. Yeah, how did you feel about it? Like, um, so here was my thing. I didn't have a problem. Mm. It wasn't the deaths that bothered me. Mm. Because, you know, again, we knew somebody had died. That was a right. given. We didn't know it was going to yeah. be two people, but we knew somebody had died. What we did not, what that, I think what, what upset people so much about that episode, I think what people did not take into account, was that that was an hour of you being treated like the people in the episode. You know, on your knees, waiting for on your knees with a gun to your head, not knowing what was going to happen next. Right, right. They put Rick in that in that Winnebago and drove away. You didn't know if Rick was coming back or not. Right. You had no idea if Rick was coming back or not. And I didn't think he was coming back whole. I, I had a feeling pieces of him would come back. Exactly. <laughs> and it wasn't until uh, it wasn't until um, um, what's his name? What's the bad guy's name? Negan. Negan. It wasn't until Negan and company packed up, took Daryl, and drove away that you were able to relax. Right. It was a lot of tension. Like, even through the commercial breaks. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and it just was relentless for a good 20 minutes until they got to the actual death scenes. And then even then. That's what I'm saying, but it was, but it, but the whole episode until they drove away. Not right. only was everybody in the episode in a heightened state of "Oh my God, what's going to happen next," but so was the audience. But that was what, to me, was so brilliant about it was because oh God, that was great. It was because when they killed him, that was the end of the the tension. It should have been oh okay, they killed old dudes. Oh, that's uh. And it was a relief of tension. And then they turned to someone else and it's like, oh my God, he's going to do more. Yes. <laughs> you guys must not have high blood pressure. <laughs> so I don't uh, blood pressure don't need to be in that type of heightened stage. This is true. They should have a, they probably do have a warning label on The Walking Dead. Like if you have conditions. <laughs> if, your heart, show... if your heart give out on you while you watch this, this ain't our fault. We didn't. <laughs> we gave you fair warning. This show is brutal. But yeah. how about the woman who decided that the Walking Dead went too far? Mm. What did she do? And she's trying to get it taken off the air now. Oh, okay. Because you, you know, violate her, her, her because because of the violence. She was like, I could turn it off, but I'm paying for cable, so part of my money is still subsidizing the show, whether I watch it or not, and I don't want to pay for all of this violence. <laughs> and I thought Bitch. and I thought that was a, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I thought that was a fair statement. Yeah. Because I'm sure this same woman turns on Jerry Falwell on Sunday. And my money which I pay for the cable, subsidizes Jerry Falwell's show also. And I would prefer not to pay for that either. But yeah. you know what? When you get cable, you get what you get. So, bitch, shut the fuck up. I was wondering where you was going with this. <laughs> it's so true, though. It's 100%. Shut the, shut the fuck up and don't watch it. 
Yeah, or don't pay for it. No one's forcing or, or you. Or don't pay for it because you don't have to have cable. <laughs> exactly. But I get her point. It's, it was possibly the most violent thing I've seen on, on television in a while. Yeah, until I watched the fucking American Horror Story and it did the same damn thing. <laughs> I was like, oh, so we just bashing in heads this week. We just bashing in heads and motherfuckers got the dog leg this week. That's exactly what I got. Yeah, it's true. American Horror Story is pretty goddamn awful. But yeah, I mean, it was great. I don't know. To me, The Walking Dead, to me, it even justified Glenn's fake death because of just how. To get this real death later on. Yeah, because it was just kind of like, oh, he ain't escaping this. Like, his eyes out, his brain's exposed, like he's not surviving this, like all the other times he thought he died. Yeah. And that was like even more gut wrenching because of the number of times he's escaped death, you know. And who's so, landed? You know, in the that Asian moment. Guy? Yes. Yeah. You know, oh, that's the guy who had like the little so, so somebody did like a little meme or something. It was like saying something about uh somebody did like a stupid meme. And it was about drugs or something. And they showed like this Asian guy's eye, his eye was out or whatever. And he had like this little. Yeah, that was him. Head. So that was Glenn? Yes. Yeah, that was Glenn. Okay. And he didn't die from that? No, he, oh, no, he did die. Yeah, no, that's... there were some other times earlier in the series where some stuff happened. And it was like, how the fuck did he survive that? Come on, for real. But yeah, there was no well, there was no surviving this. But this right here, this, this was real. Mm-hmm. I have a question. Go ahead. Um, how did the, the, the Asian guy survive and like the the sexy black men always died <laughs> when they were supposed to die? Like, I, I don't think I can answer that question. Is. Yeah, Tyrese. Like, like in the comic book, go. did the Asian guy survive or, or what? Like, are they rewriting this shit as they go along? Well, the book and the and the show don't necessarily exactly follow each other. Right. Okay. Now, in the book, Negan does kill Glenn. Okay. Uh, it, yeah. yeah. So, but you didn't necessarily know that was going to happen in the TV show because there's characters okay. that appear in the TV show that have never, like Daryl. Daryl doesn't exist in in the comic book. Right. And I thought, you know. I didn't like the way they killed Tyrese in the show. Because um, Tyrese, if I'm not mistaken, he the governor killed Tyrese in the comic book. Yeah. And yes. he had a, like a much more pivotal death versus in the show, he just died. It was a random zombie. You know, <laughs> it was like, what? And it was like, next episode, he's not he even been, there. <laughs> he's been fighting zombies all this time. He don't know how to clear the room first. Come on now. I know, right? I mean, Hello. I have a more other question. Yeah. The is the black lady who has the sword with the dread. Is she still in the show? <laughs> yes. Okay, cool. I don't really watch The Walking Dead, so I'm just asking. Yeah. I figured as much. Yeah, that was yeah. You check you check in occasionally just to see who's alive. <laughs> every every Cajun moon I check in. <laughs> yeah. Are the dead still walking? Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, yeah, Walking Dead Season 7, Episode 2. I think it's actually called The Kingdom, uh, which is a huge clue that Ezekiel will be there because he's the head of the kingdom. You'll like Ezekiel, Lonnie. 
Yeah. The black okay. man with these beautiful white dreadlocks, and he has a pet tiger. <laughs> that's not a euphemism. That's not a euphemism. It's an actual tiger. My nipples just got hard. I know. I'm hoping that like they will actually have. Well, I guess Michonne is now with Rick in the show, so yeah, Michonne and Ezekiel kind of had a thing in the comic, so that might not happen on the show. But I don't know. Yeah. All right. Another play. Yes. Go ahead. Hmm. All right. The last time I checked into the show, there was a baby that the mother had died or whatever, she turned into a zombie or something. Yes. But uh, is the baby uh, uh, a toddler now or a teenager? And and the little brother is now an adult or something? Like, no. Like, the, baby is still a, the baby is still a baby. Really? It's been that long since I've checked. I haven't watched this shit in like two years, a year. Yeah, year but now. time moves differently on the show. Yeah. Oh. Last season, they barely... Okay. Like, like did a week worth of time last year yeah <laughs> so yeah it hasn't they haven't skipped the time i think they are now i think they're gonna skip ahead a little bit but um okay but yeah i'm liking michonne i mean like i wish like she had more relationships and stuff like i guess the one with rick is cool on the show but like in the comic she had a lot more going on personally yeah, well, she uh, also had a conversation. She also had a relationship with Gabriel briefly, and nobody wants to see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Like Michelle was kind of like a free sexual being in the comic, and this one she's super conservative. Kind of, I don't know what that is about, but um, she's still a badass. I mean, oh god, yeah, <laughs> she's perfect casting. So, um, but I guess uh, what else? The finale finales are coming up this week. Uh, Atlanta, right? Yep. As its finale, and um, I guess uh, that's about it. I guess Queen Sugar is going to wrap up. We week got after. a couple more episodes of Queen Sugar. Yeah, which is just getting better and better. If you haven't seen the show, like I haven't, Lana, you're not watching Queen Sugar. No, I don't have that on my cable. I uh, just have basic, basic. And we'll, Queen we'll, Sugar in the um, listings. <laughs> we'll remedy that. So is Queen Sugar supposed to be... So is that a city, Queen Sugar? No, that's just the name of the show. That was yeah. the name but of the why is the name Queen Sugar? Well, I mean, the best way I'd describe it to someone is a, it's a, a group of siblings who inherited a sugar cane farm after their father died. Yeah. Okay. So I guess... Name. No, I think it's just a woman who's running a farm <laughs> and, you know, the biggest, I guess, sugar farm, queen sugar. <laughs> That's yeah, basically, the sugar farm is outside of New Orleans yep. in Louisiana. Yeah. And there's three siblings who are kind of at odds that have their own personal. Um, yes. And there's a surviving aunt, the sister of the father. And... Um, okay. Yeah, and they all have kids and drama and, you know, the thing about Queen Sugar that I really like is it's nothing new. I mean, family dramas are age old. It's just so well done. It's like, like every, every drama, every tear, every, everything just feels real, you know, like, um, yeah, there's not a false note in it and they're beautiful. That's another thing. 
all the people look great. <laughs> they really do. Even in their like country thickness, like all of it, the accents are good. You know, um, it's lots of good shade. <laughs> lots you know, of good shade. Lots I of good like, shade. <laughs> the shade. Yeah, and whenever they do that little. Whenever it's an emotional scene, I've I've teared up a few times. Let's just say it's what? Yeah. Yeah. It gets me sometimes. It is this on Hulu? Uh, we'll hook you up. It's on. Yeah, it's on own. I don't know if they're going to oh. transfer it to Hulu or not. Yeah, but it's one of those. Um, maybe the only second show that I can watch with my mom. Like I said, the first one is Game of Thrones because she likes the costumes. <laughs> Increase sugar because this is awesome. <laughs> your mother actually watched the Game of Thrones. I know, right? Even with all the like, fucking beheadings and everything. Yeah. I remember seeing where this guy was like in a hot tub, no, no, in a sauna, and he was bending over and he was taking a squat, and then he started running his dingling and started going everywhere. I'm sorry, he, he was rubbing his what, Lonnie? Huh? Lonnie, he was rubbing his what? His dingling started um, swinging back and forth when he was running. I actually, I, I actually videotaped that one. I still had a video from that. Like I've never seen a white man with the. Uh, There's lots of penises in oh. Game of Thrones. I talked about. There was actually like a um, article in the New York Times this week about penises in media <laughs> nudity. Um, what's funny is like it has been like a, a thing where male nudity is much more. Taboo. Yeah, much more taboo than female nudity. Um, and I think it is. Yeah. The interesting thing I think he was saying was like the social acceptability of nudity is still there for men. But it seems like, I guess the way he said it, it just seems like it's white men. <laughs> Do you see their face? You don't see no black men's dicks, you know? <laughs> you don't see. And this is not just because, because I want to see black dicks. I, I do, but. You know, just I think what it is is that we have this thing where black men we have to be mandingos, and a lot of us don't have these long ass dicks or whatever. Speak so for yourself. For <laughs> <laughs> and plus, not only that, I think yeah. in these shows they tend to be flaccid too. That's another thing. Like it's usually non. Or like with Hodor, his mm. wasn't even real. <laughs> oh, really? He was wearing. Uh, I think it's the guy you're talking about. Okay. Um, Hordor, the big guy with the with the that didn't really speak. Yeah, yes, he got out of the water and his dingling, as you call it, was <laughs> flapping in the breeze. That was an extension. Yeah, that wasn't real. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> but the, but the act but the actor is gay, so <laughs> y'all doing too much with these just... extension pieces. <laughs> Oh, well, at least it, you know. But I yeah. think if it's good for the women, it should be good for the men too. Yeah, that's why my ass so. man. See, I can't deal with y'all fake penises. <laughs> Have you oh, run yeah. into a lot of fake penises, Lonnie? <laughs> I really can't. I really can't say I have. I I normally like I ran into some fake asses, but I've never ran into some fake penises. <laughs> Have you run into a fake ass before? Yeah, you know, some people like like they buy them little thing underwear that have like the padding in it or whatever. I swear for Jesus Christ, I have never, ever, ever, ever run into anybody <laughs> who padded the ass before. No. I no ma'am, no sir, no knight. I had a friend who did that. Yeah, I ran into I did. one person. 
like that. I mean, I know, like, I know a guy who didn't have a lot of ass, so he would wear a jock strap. Yeah. He would wear a tight jock strap because it worked like a bra. Yeah, it is. Where yeah. it kind of lifts and separated the behind. <laughs> really? But the whole padding thing, I've never seen that. Yeah, jock straps are Maybe good for that. It should be known. Dude. Put it on your list. <laughs> I did one of those things where I, I, I had like you know the drawer of goodies, and you know pull out you know like I have jock straps, but I don't you know I kind of present them to the person. I'm just saying it was night and day. Some people jock straps are just like the thing. Like it turns the light switch on. Get a jock really? strap. Yeah. yeah. I mean I can't. It don't work. <laughs> so like it don't work for me, but it works for a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, and I'm just saying that because I got so much ass that, you know, I leave the room. My ass is still leaving the room three minutes later. <laughs> it's like, I don't have the nice hip to ass ratio. So it's kind of like. I'm sorry. What did you say, Lonnie? <laughs> I'm not even going to touch that. I'm not going to touch that. I did. I passed by a mirror one day and scared myself. I thought somebody was sneaking up behind. <laughs> so what do you do with your penis? Like, like the one time I. Like the last time I had a jock strap, I had to literally like, I couldn't, like I had to like take it, out. like I had to like not put my stuff in it, like I had to like just put it on the side and just put the jock strap on. So like that didn't cut off your circulation. Now? It's not circulation. It's just that my nuts were hurt. Yeah, <laughs> well, you didn't get the right jock strap. That's the problem. This is bad size. Mm. Yeah. You need yeah, you need a big boy jock strap apparently. Yeah. Yeah, no, it just didn't have enough, you know, hammer. Where did you try to get this jock strap? Kmart? Amazon. Oh. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna send you some links to some like underwear places. Oh um, really? Yeah. So yeah. this is serious. Yes. Yeah. It can make a difference, dude. Um, wow. <laughs> personal testimony. Like you, you pull out the jockstrap for some people. It just like presses certain buttons in their head. That's yeah. true. If they, just, if they ass man. Did you see the video on the timeline of Trevor? Hmm. No. Oh, you need to see Trevor's timeline to see the video of the Halloween party. Oh god. Were their jockstraps open? That video of- <laughs> there Is was this one person wearing one, and it's just like a, a click. A quick glimpse. I was like, "Oh my gosh, was that what?" what, what, what? Might have yeah, to download that. Um, yeah, no, I did see some of my friends at um, parties. Let me. I'm gonna download this shit though. If it's that good. <laughs> so, I'm gonna uh, go back and do a screenshot. Yeah. Let me see. I'm looking it up now. Anyway, um, yeah, I see some of the pictures though. Oh my god, okay. But you ain't gonna see you ain't gonna see you ain't gonna see the full thing. You gonna see the yeah. front, but you ain't gonna see everything else. I'm just like, oh my gosh, is that an ass chick running across the screen? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. What's wrong with you people? Yeah. I don't have way too much to drink right now. I'm, I'm I need okay, to guys. I need to catch up with you though. But yeah, I'm I'm gonna I think I'm gonna go ahead and end this broadcast because I'm kind of jealous now. I need to get my, my drink. I'm brought to you by Hennessy. <laughs> it was good like that. Oh, yeah, my I, gosh. Um, you got Hennessy? 
Yes, it's my constant companion. It's cheap shit from the liquor store. See, that's the thing. You you get what you pay for when it comes to liquor. I did discover this. It hurts when I buy it, but man, you know, I just sit slow. That's what I'm saying. Hennessy is like good sex. It is. is. (laughs) Oh, gosh, it is like some good sex. Yes. Hennessy is yes, brought to you by Hennessy. But no, um, Insecure is coming on tonight, or is it tomorrow night? I can't remember. Wow. I don't. So in in closing, before you go off, (laughs) yes. Um. So everybody remembers that the uh, Baltimore State Attorney Marilyn Mosby tried to bring the seven officers to justice. Mm-hmm. In the Freddie Gray case, yeah. So now they're bringing up charges to disbar her. Oh wow! Are you serious? I am serious. Yeah. <sighs> Unfortunate, yeah, but predictable. I mean, yeah, I'm. Yeah. And voting is really important. Very important. Because like you said earlier, and I completely agree with you, you have to vote on these local issues. You have to vote for these local people on these local issues. Yeah. For sure. Yes. So, um, And the community really need to rally around this lady. We really need to, we need to rally around this lady. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because when people stick their neck out for us, which is what she this did, ladies' livelihood. This is her life. This is how she make her living. After this, they, they oh gosh, people. Yeah. A George Washington University law professor has filed disbarment. I hate when they do that. Uh, disbarment charges against Marilyn Mosby for her corrupt prosecution of six Baltimore cops and the death of career criminal Freddie Gray. Oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's, God. that's how that was written. <laughs> that's laughable. That's fucking laughable. It's awful. Anyway, <sighs> what site was that on? This is on lawofficer dot com. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. We really need to rally around black people who. Well, well, I shouldn't just say black people, but anyone who stands up for the rights, especially people of color, like the black police officer. I can't, I hate to say black police officer, but the young lady who spoke against the killing of the gentleman in Louisiana, she did and a they video. And got fired. Mm-hmm. Really need to rally yeah. around people and really show our support to, to yeah. these people. And, and maybe... And, and I just don't see it because right. it's not in front of me in my social media. Maybe we are, and I just don't see it. But the complaint filed with the Maryland Bar Council calls calls Mosby a runaway prosecutor and alleges she violated ethics rules, claiming she never had probable cause to charge six officers in the death mm-hmm. of Freddie Gray. I think Marilyn Mosby has harmed the city of Baltimore, and if she continues, that harm will get worse, said law professor John Besnaff, George Washington University. And what were you saying about A Birth of a Nation again? It's just another slavery movie? Yes. This this reigns true for Birth of a Nation. 
this 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 is like one of those scenes is that we need to wake up people wake the fuck up black people need to wake up against the lgbt community because whenever we talk as lgbt people we say we and then we include everybody from straight and gay people but whenever um black people mention our rights they always just simply mention heterosexual people we need to wake the fuck up we really truly do yeah yeah okay so i think i'm um <laughs> i think i'm gonna go drink some of this liquor and uh <laughs> catch up on my television um i'm, I'm but, sorry uh, malcolm i don't yes. cut you off mm. um I, I don't mean to sound disrespectful mm. or anything but do we have any q a that is a good question because i have not checked it um <laughs> Let me go. Uh, I tried to look, but I don't know how this system works. Okay. So this is a good time to bring it up. I'm going to go to our YouTube channel, and um, there's a live section um, right beneath the featured videos. And from there, I think anyone should be able to see it. The only problem is the reason I cut it off is because I'm going to hear myself talking and I pause it. And we did. Uh, yeah, that was the problem. Uh, so... We had someone that says, hey, what's up? Uh, they sure were cool. This is obviously from back, back a little ways. Some frowny faces, some love faces. Uh, someone said, hey, Jaybird. Someone said hello to you. Um, Juwan said, uh, explain, explain how believe, um, not believing in God was an abomination. Um, I don't know. <laughs> And uh, someone else said, uh, hey, hey, Derek, what happened to uh, Queen's Court reviews on Poppy Chulo's radio? I haven't seen any new ones. Um, I don't know because we have been recording them. I'm recording in a few hours this latest episode. Uh, you know, the show was off for two weeks, but yeah, they should be up. But thank you for listening. I hope you're enjoying it. Yeah, it is good. And I, like Queen Sugar is like the shit. It is. <laughs> it is um, restored my faith in television. So, but um, but yeah, like I'm gonna probably call it a, a day. That's so, cool. But yeah, Lonnie, you can go on um, iTunes and listen to uh, Queen's Court. It's a uh, review show about Queen Sugar. Yeah. It's me and my sister and Chris. Chris impacts that. Cool. You got a sister? She's not my real sister. She's my sister in love. <laughs> We've cool. been together for five million years. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Your soulmate. Oh my gosh. He just kind of like my soulmate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, to check out uh, Papatulo Radio and Queens Court. Check out uh, the uh, entertainment hangout. We're going to do Walking Dead and um, American Horror Story this week. And we'll probably talk about the finale of Atlanta as well. We were doing weekly recaps, but after like episode four, we kind of stopped. <laughs> That's mostly on me. But, um, well, it's that, just hard. That's a, it's a lot of TV out there. That's not a lot of time to schedule. Yeah. Yeah. And it is one of those shorter shows that it feels like once it's completed, you can talk about more as a season. So 
we'll be doing that this week and um yeah this friday this weekend will be dr strange i don't know if that's going to mean that mark is going to be out probably <laughs> probably he's probably going to be getting his 3d yep. on the dr strange I, if, if i'm not mistaken i think we have a group showing here in atlanta of of actually dr strange i'm not exactly sure who's over it but i know that a group of us are supposed to be getting together oh yeah Matt, 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 I thought you was coming up. I was. Um, maybe not. I'm kind of. Because of all this stuff. All right. We'll talk we'll about, talk it, about it off air. All right, guys. Uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for watching. Thanks for your comments and questions. Uh, check you later. Love you. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you happen to get your podcast app. Also, make sure to visit mailmediamind.com. There you'll find links to our social media accounts, including Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and Twitter. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube, and you'll get a notification when we go live. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next week.